Okay, so Lord of the Rings starts out. You got Frodo, Gandalf, his homie, and they're on a mission. He's he's uh, with Sam Gamgee, who's a gardener, and they're trying to go to Mount Doom. But there's this like creepy eye thing that keeps watching everyone, and he's like kind of a peeping tom, but he also's got some like shiny hot armor that he's all trying to like woo the elf ladies with because he was once an elf himself. Ultimately, they throw a ring into the fire and the the eye dies. So, yep, there you go. Lord of the Rings. Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011 and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 77 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and on this beautiful Saturday morning, I am joined by my forever co-host, potentially COVID-carrying brother-in-law, Ryan. How are we doing over there? I'm great. I've never been healthier. Uh, no symptoms. I'm just chipper as a wood chipper. So, yeah. Is that how I'm that here. works? Okay. Interesting. I, I, I didn't know what chipper as a something Okay. And my metaphor broke down like halfway through. That's okay. You so are I screaming into your mic a little bit, so uh, be careful what? there. You're screaming into your mic again? Uh, dude, okay. Does that sound better? It does sound a little bit better. I appreciate you, Ryan. Always trying to do your best with your audio output and sticking with me because <laughs> I'm a kind of an audio snob. But that that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk to someone else because friend of the show, co-host and co-creator of the Young Nostalgia Podcast, and honestly... If it wasn't for him, the Otaku Brothers podcast never would have got off the ground. Welcoming to the show for the first time, Nolan. How are you doing? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you so much for having me on. You give me a <laughs> lot of credit. Uh, you guys do a lot of good work. Um, always happy to help you guys out. Absolutely love the show. Thanks so much for having me on. Of course. Thanks, yeah, yeah, of course. We've, um, you've definitely been on the top of the list of guests that I've wanted to have on for, for quite some time because I mean it when I say... The podcast would not be where it's at if it wasn't for you, because when I first, you know, had the idea of of getting a podcast, I think it was Tony's wedding. Was that how I met you? Yeah, dude. It was maybe a span of like 36 hours. Yeah. And then I feel like you and I were like born with only a curtain in between us. Right. Seriously, though, I felt <laughs> like we had been friends for years and those three, two to three days, we just really connected and hit it off, had just a mutual love of pop culture, just nerd stuff, video games, music, film, and I don't remember how it all played out, but I think somehow we got to, or somehow I figured out that you had recorded a podcast, and at that time I was either interested or maybe had started a podcast, but you were the one who kind of introduced me to the whole Podbean thing, how to get that RSS feed out to other podcasting platforms, and then, you know, just bettering my audio quality with the, the Blue Yeti mics and how to use Audacity when my MacBook Pro crapped out. So quite literally, we probably never would have continued the podcast after my MacBook Pro crapped out if it wasn't for Nolan helping me th- through Audacity, how to edit, all the whole nine. You helped me, you know, make this podcast what it is. So I really sincerely appreciate all that. Anytime, big guy. Um Honestly, it's just really cool to see you keep on creating and sticking with it. And obviously, like, no end in sight. And that's just the coolest thing to be able to be a part of this, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Nolan's on the show. We have a full agenda, as we typically do on the Otaku Brothers podcast. A couple news stories I want to dig into a little bit. And then, obviously, as we're doing week to week, just checking in how everyone's 
doing with uh, COVID-19, staying sane, social distancing, all of that crazy stuff, the reality that we find ourselves in. We're going to get into that later in the show. And then at the tail end, as I like to typically or at least try to do when we have a guest on, got a fun game lined up for you and Ryan to go head-to-head in. Uh, tried to be fair with my uh, creating it. It was burning the midnight oil last night, kind of putting it all together, but I think it turned out pretty good and and should be should be fun to talk about, or should be fun to kind of see you guys compete. But before we get to all that, Nolan, of course, as we have a guest on the show, I've known you for, I guess, a year and a half, maybe two years, but um, not, not all the listeners know who you are. So just a couple questions for you, and as we typically ask our listeners, or our, our guests, like, what what really got you into video games? What are some of your earliest memories playing them? Oh, man. <clears throat> so, I kind of started out, like, I was a PlayStation guy, uh, PS1 starting out, and it was actually my brother's, but I feel like I played it a lot more than him, um, and kind of snuck playing rated M games. Nice. Uh, and thank God I didn't c- get caught, because then I probably wouldn't be able to play anymore. Um, <laughs> but I kind of just, like mainly just watch my brother play more mature games than I was ready for. And then sneaking the E games when he was around, like I'd play um, like snowboard, snowboarding, racing games, snowmobile racing games. Um, And for some reason, the PS1 started my weird obsession with uh, Bruce Willis. I played a lot of like Bruce Willis inspired games. Um, Like my favorite all time movie ever is the fifth element. And Along with the movie, what really got me just into the lore and the world was they actually created a licensed Fifth Element video game for PS1, which I still have today and is by far one of my favorite uh, games to play. And it's kind of like a very glitchy 3D platformer. But, you know, when games even suck, but you love what they were and then the, the story and where they were made from. Oh, absolutely. It still makes you love the game no matter what. Interesting. Then, yeah. uh, so I okay. played that, and then I know uh, we've talked a little bit about the game Apocalypse, and this kind of got me into yes. my whole like rail shooters, where you know you can run around, and then wherever you point the joystick, you'll be shooting. And uh, they actually 3D rendered Bruce Willis into the game. That's fantastic. And it was fantastic. actually Neversoft's first produced game. Um, really? Before they, they went into like Tony yeah. Hawk and stuff. Right. Like the wow. So Apocalypse was the first game they produced and then they actually used the same engine for Apocalypse to design Tony Hawk. So they put <laughs> a skateboard underneath your main character and they like skated around the world in the game. That's fascinating. Wow, that's so interesting. Well, you know, because I, I was going to actually get to that. It was one of my other bullet point items here to get to for you is something I find so interesting is you know, we talk to someone about, hey, what are your, some of your favorite games on the PS1? And, you know, people mention Final Fantasy VII, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, maybe Metal Gear Solid, and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Then you have people like Nolan over here that are, like, touting and evangelizing their love for the fifth element in Apocalypse starring one Bruce Willis. It's like, you gotta love it. Everyone well, just thanks, has their man. unique I taste. Always, I always feel like I'm on the fringe when it turns of, like games that bring nostalgia to a certain console it's mm-hmm. like nobody's ever even really heard of these games before well you I mean my ears perked no, you, up when you said 3d platformer my ears perked up everything perked up when you said bruce willis so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so what, what is it about bruce willis that like tickles your fancy i don't know i think it was just a combination of growing up with his action films like die hard Okay. And then just to know that I can literally be Bruce Willis in a video game <laughs> kind of perked me up too. 
Yeah. Okay. How could it not? Okay. What's your not? favorite? Is so Die Hard. Some of your favorites are like. What's your favorite Bruce Willis movie or like? What's the top five? Okay. Oh, good question. Okay. Uh, Fifth Element is definitely up there. That's my all-time movie. Okay. Uh, favorite ever. Um, next one down would probably be Die Hard Two. Some people say, you know, it's still good, but not as good as the first one. But for some reason, I enjoy it just because of the the difference of it. Uh, you know, and then plus the icicle pick in the eye. You can't Oof. beat that in cinematography. <laughs> uh, and then third would probably be uh, the first Die Hard. Um, what else was there? <laughs> uh, you, you can't Sixth forget Sense. The, oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Excellent movie. So that's four. Bruce Willis um, movies. I'm like pulling and this up. Five. Oh my gosh. Okay. Five would probably be The Jackal. That's a really good one. The Jackal. I've so never... I've never heard of The Fifth Element. I've heard of The Die Hard. I've never heard of Jackal. See, I've never seen Fifth Jackal. Element, so please sell me on that movie. Yeah. Okay. Be our um, trailer. <laughs> if you're a fan of like sci-fi dystopia, it actually has um, Chris Tucker in it as well. Ooh, but excellent. One thing you're going to love is just like the way it's um, uh, orchestrated. The music is amazing. It takes you into this weird, just like tongue-in-cheek era. And what happens is that there's the four regular elements like earth, wind, fire, water. And then the fifth element, um, which is Mila Jakonovic. Oh, yes. how you say her name? From the yes. Resident Evil movies. Uh, right. She is the fifth element to defeat all evil. So um, the main kind of tagline of the movie is that Bruce Willis kind of gets drug into this whole thing, and he's the only one um, that can save the fifth element. Uh, and he wins this big contest, and then he has to uh, protect the fifth element to be able to defeat evil in the end. But Sounds like I know what I'm going to be watching tonight. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. <laughs> sounds right in my alley. I can't can't wait to hear what you guys think. Where Good can stuff. we find the Fifth Element? Uh, I know it was on Amazon Prime for <laughs> okay. a little while. Maybe some blockbusters have it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe some sublegal uh, means. We don't we'll promote those here. <laughs> Sorry, Nolan. Yeah. It was a short-lived podcast or guest appearance, but promoting the black market isn't probably top of our list. <laughs> so to kind of kind of like pick your brain about, you know, other video games that you've played, what are some of your more recent favorites over time? And do you have like a definitive favorite game of all time? Or do you kind of just too tough of a question? I mean, it is kind of hard to answer. Oh, I get that. Um, over time, uh, I've been a, a just a big fan of the Halo universe. Um, I came I came in kind of late because I never owned like an Xbox One, but I'm uh, sorry, an, like an Xbox original. Mm-hmm. But I did play it at friends' houses, and it was the 360 that really got me into Halo with Halo One and Halo Two. Um, couldn't get enough of that multiplayer maps. Absolutely fantastic. And then when Halo Three came out, that was kind of the rest was history. Um, the amount of time I spent on that. Uh, probably was not good for my junior high grade, <laughs> but somehow we made it and I got a full-time job. So luckily we made it here. Um, but I would say probably the game that defined some of my most favorite ever moments in gaming and storytelling is Mass Effect 2. Yes. Uh, I get lost into that story and connect so much with those characters. Mm. Um, 
it's almost like one of those things where the game itself outdid itself and it's just like something you just can't recreate Um, and no matter how aged the game might feel or look it's one of my favorite stories ever to get lost into and i will waste an entire day and forget to eat if i pop that game back in wow okay good stuff now what were your thoughts then on mass effect because i'm i'm very much on the same page there. Like I, I loved one a lot more than people, than the other people did. I feel like one is kind of like the the bastard child of the series, and then obviously the ending three being so controversial, and then two is just kind of that middle movie that's or middle game that's just absolute gaming perfection. I I largely agree with that, especially with the opening of the game. I think you would maybe post it on Discord about it, just because of what happens. I don't even want to go into spoilers, but it's just kind of like the beginning of the. The, the game seems like it should be the end of the game the way it begins like it's right. just so kind of like what just happened this 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 can't be real um so yeah a huge fan of mass effect 2 why bioware has not remastered those games is beyond me but we're not going to go into that right now what are your <laughs> thoughts on mass effect 3 it's ending the controversy surrounding it did you play the dlc i thought maybe bioware tried to correct course correct themselves i never I played the game to completion and didn't play anything after that. So what are your thoughts on three? Um, honestly though, like I have this problem that like, you know, let's say by the third game of mass effect, I love the series so much. It's hard for me to say that I didn't like mass effect three. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's like, it's hard for me to speak against it, but I honestly feel like I was pushed in a certain direction. Like, even though you see your quote-unquote choices coming to a head, all of the choices pretty much end the ga- end the game in the same way. And I didn't yes. appreciate that, especially coming off of Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 1 even, where you make critical choices within the last two hours of the game that literally affect what the next game is going to look like. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. one, obviously, I like. I know it's the end of an era of the Shepard, um, you know, Commander Shepard. But I just feel like, why did I make all these choices throughout this game only to end it the same way? And then, okay. And then like the DLC was like another 45 second, uh, cut video that maybe gl- give me hope of something. Yeah. But it was like, it still doesn't change what the game actually was. Um, in terms of just storytelling, it's still fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, like I would actually preferred them not to come out with that 45 second more, like, cutscene yeah because i would i would rather have just been like put to bed with what the storyline was at the time rather than them trying to backpedal i agree because then you lose confidence in the developer themselves because they lose credibility because they're not confident in the product they pushed out to begin with these people that have slaved for thousands of hours creating this trilogy of games and then they're like yeah i guess the fans didn't like it so let's rewrite what we had originally envisioned and I never got into like the DLC because I was, while I was a bit disappointed to your point, because very much like the Telltale Walking Dead games or just many of those very story-driven experiences where you are kind of the the puppet master, kind of guiding these characters to their conclusions, whereas with Mass Effect 3, you make all these critical decisions in 1 and 2 that have lasting downstream impacts or consequences, little characters dying because of certain choices you make. And then in 3, it just all comes to this one singular place that everyone ends up coming to. A lot of those decisions do lose their weight. But to your point, like I kind of just, I was so invested in everything else that happened prior to before the credits rolled. that It was kind of just like, it's disappointing, but I'm not going to be up in arms about it. You know, it was kind of, 
I, I had way too much fun and pumped way too many hours into those previous games that it's just like I couldn't allow that unsatisfactory ending to ruin all of that time I'd previously pumped into them. Absolutely. <clears throat> and honestly, like one of the things that really hit home for me in Mass Effect 3 that they did really well was when you're on like the bridge and then you go to the back and you see the big wall of names that were lost during the war. <clears throat> oh, wow. I see. I don't even like remember that, that. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like that really made the game feel so close to me because it added everything from the first and second game and choices that you made and, you know, who made it or didn't to this point. And if they didn't make it, their name would be on the wall. And I was like, oh my God. That's, that's crazy. Nuts. That is. That's really cool. Well, especially because like the developers had to program the game as such that if you made a decision in, in one or two and a particular character died or lived, that name would have to populate on that wall or right. not populate. That's that's crazy. Wow. I loved it. That's cool. Now, did you play Andromeda? Because I, I, I have not. I don't think Ryan has either. What? What did you say? I... I did I dip out You're there? Do I, what? Uh, did you play Mass Effect Andromeda, the the one for PS4 and Xbox One? Oh. I did. You did. What are your thoughts that? on that? My, <clears throat> sorry, uh, my opinion on that is kind of up in the air. I was like, oh my gosh, another Mass Effect game. But as much as I love the series, I, I, I find it so easy to get distracted and stop playing it. It just felt like all of the side missions and the things for the end goal of the game was just repeated. And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't see the conflict coming to a head at, at any point. It almost felt like the story got too good too late. Ah, that's a bummer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I want to so. play it just because it is more Mass Effect. And I kind of want to just form my own opinion of it just because I know... It's almost cool to hate on it by both critics and the public alike. So, I mean, I think I could probably pick it up for pennies now. So someday I'll, I'll, I'll try and track it down and play it. But but good to know. That's well, awesome. I'm glad. To, oh, go ahead, I Ryan. still have to play the first three. So I thought you had played Ryan. that. No, so I played through one until like, I, I think the climax or close to the climax of the first game. And then my save got just like corrupted. And then uh -oh. I was just like, do I really want to play through that much more again, making the same decisions? Hmm. Um, so I was kind of disheartened, but it was a good story. I enjoyed it. Um, now that it's been like maybe five or six years since I've played it, I'd be game to go back to it. Yeah, I mean, you let me borrow yeah. the trilogy on PS3, so. Yeah. Hmm. I would definitely go back. See, my, my problem is <laughs> even like to Ryan's point, played the games to completion all the time i'm like okay i'm just gonna be a complete douchebag this time around but i always choose paragon i like i can't i can't bring myself to just be a complete asshole yeah that's how i am i mean i always have you know strong ambitions to to be like into the force unleashed you know go to the dark side or the inf infamous games you know choose those negative consequence decisions um the fable games but i've always been kind of a protagonist as opposed to an antagonist when you're given the option, just because I don't know if it speaks to my moral character, but it's so challenging for me to make those decisions when like mass population of people just dies as a result of a decision you make. Like, I just can't do that. Yeah, even but, if it then, is. but then you don't get force lightning or like red lightning. Like 
you got to kill a few people to go get cool abilities. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Well, that, that almost reminds <laughs> but, me of like Knights of the Old Republic, where as much as I wanted to be bad, if you wanted to be bad, the dialogue options are just piss poor. Like, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to sound like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. That's another game I need to I play. Think I always, anything Star Wars, I always try to get Force Lightning. Like, regardless. So, like, Ray getting Force Lightning was awesome. <laughs> it was pretty sweet. Really, yeah. if I could be Ray or Daisy Ridley more so than anything. I think you just want to be married to I, Daisy Ridley, Ryan. Either or. Like, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll take like, what I can get. Beggars can't be choosers. Either. Yeah, really. That's right. <laughs> Awesome. Now, uh, I do want to quickly, not even quickly, for as long as we want to talk about it, what got you into the podcasting space? When were you inspired to create your own podcast? Maybe talk about Young Nostalgia a little bit. Oh, man. Thank you so much. It means a lot for you to want to actually talk about this because I, I don't want to. I don't really. I'm just kind of checking a box here. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the, what really got me into it was just being like a DJ in college from my college radio station. And uh, I don't know if anybody out there listens to like Coast to Coast AM, but one of the visiting professors uh, during the time I was working there was actually Ian Punnett, and he co-hosts the show every now and then. Um, and I actually was just picking his brain. I was like, look, I just want to keep you know radio. I want to keep a mic, a mic in front of me just because I love the feeling and I just want to continue this passion. He's like, well, what's stopping you from just doing that? You know, like just do it. Do you have somebody or, or type of t uh, topic that you want to cover? And I picked his brain and he said, well, you know, there's plenty of uh, avenues out there to just do it. So why don't you just do it? it? You know, it might sound bad in the beginning, but everyone does and they get better and they learn. And so I was like, you know what? You're right. And by this point, I was already a senior. So I was like, well, I better get on this because one of my best buds, Ben, who I co-host Young Nostalgia with, mm -hmm. was totally on board. And so then the the plot thickens where uh, I asked my boss, I was like, hey, can uh, we use the equipment here? Because obviously it's like high quality, nice sounding stuff. And she said, well, unless it's like not for work purposes, we probably wouldn't want you in here. So then I waited till midnight every night we recorded and just snuck in and <laughs> recorded <laughs> the podcast anyway. <laughs> and, That's awesome. Uh, we put out our first few episodes through uh, doing that. And then obviously I moved out here to Nebraska afterwards. Um and our, the thing that Ben and I really loved was just like retro pop culture and looking at it through the eyes of, you know, just two mid-20s guys and what we appreciate about the retro pop culture that got us here today without living through it. And so that's kind of what we try to talk to. Um, even though we're not very knowledgeable about certain things, it's neat to kind of look at it from an outside perspective of what it is now. And that's, that's what we do. So what that's would be the definition of retro pop culture? Like, what would that mean for someone who isn't knowledgeable on it, like myself? Um, <laughs> like myself. Uh, <laughs> I, would say, I would say things of, like, you know, music, um, headlines, just big either conspiracy theories or um, kind of, like, what defined an era back in the 60s, you know? Why did people act like the way they did when the Beatles were so big? Um, and what made them stop recording, like, doing live shows uh, things like, things like that, um, and almost just how, how much life is different today compared to then, uh, with like how much things cost or um, what was big on Billboard's Hot 100 in 1975, like that kind of stuff. Um, and we talk about how 
that stuff isn't very prominent anymore. Obviously, that music is still listened to, but trying to imagine what it would be like back then and not knowing who Matchbox 20 was. like it, Yeah. That's kind of what we talk about. I mean, we moved on to bigger and better things like Nicki Minaj. So, like, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. You're right. Butts were not as big back then. That's, yeah. <laughs> I was listening to, actually, your conspiracy theory video this morning. And I was surprised how good the transition music was by everything. Like, it was so catchy. Oh, I think your thanks, intro dude. and then, like, the midway through, I really liked. It's all very thanks, seamless. Man. Yeah, it's excellent. I like that you're like, yeah, we kind of just ripped it off a YouTube video. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. That's fine. We actually like tweeted out that episode or whatever. And then somebody quoted, retweeted. And they were like, here's a debunked conspiracy theory for you. We didn't get our music from YouTube. And I was like, I don't know if that's a dig or not. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love what you're doing because, you know, Ryan and I, we get, on the, we get behind the mic and we just talk randomly for two and a half hours mostly. But you guys have very succinct, purposeful episodes where you have a clear vision for what you want to talk about, a clear topic in mind. You do your research. It's very educational in nature, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's listening to a lecture. It's very entertaining. You guys clearly have a lot of passion about what you're talking about. But to your point earlier, it's it's a topic that you're not you didn't know about before recording. You know, you went out and did the research you needed to to talk about it on the show. But again, it doesn't feel uh, luxury or school-like in nature. It just seems very effortless when you're talking about these various topics like 70s pop culture, the Rat Pack, Dean Martin, the Beatles, whatever it is. It's just, yeah, it's very educational. But I'll tell you what, man, I wish I had your voice because you have an outstanding radio voice. Oh, thanks, man. 25 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, though. It really means a ton. And I mean, my part-time gig is like... So... It's nice to still be doing it all the time. What's your part-time gig? At least you dipped out a little bit on my end. Sorry. Sorry. Um, it's a radio gig. So I do newscasts oh, nice. here on a local news station um, that, in Nebraska. Amazing. That's so cool, man. That's oh, really cool. That's awesome. So yeah, definitely, you know, we'll plug it again at the end of the show, but please check out Young Nostalgia. You can get it on, I'll, I'll, I'll pass the baton over to you, Nolan. I know it's, it's on uh, pretty much every podcasting platform you can think of. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, guys. I It really means a ton. Yeah, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to. Um, feel free to check it out. Listen to episode 62 and above, because that's when we transitioned into our new uh, format, and we sound a lot better. Yeah. But <laughs> All right. the entire catalog's there. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I do want to pick your brain about something that surfaced, uh, an, a, an episode that released not too long ago. Oh, All no. right. So I, know where this is I was going. super pumped. You, you posted the episode on Twitter. I was, you know, they're going to talk about one of my favorite topics of all time, music and film, you know, scores. And I'm like, okay, they're going to be talking about the Howard Shores and Hans Zimmers of the world. And I'm like 25 minutes or so into the episode and my name gets <laughs> mentioned and Nolan's like, so we have a listener named Rusty that might be a, a little frustrated with us because um, I haven't watched a little indie film called called Lord of the Damn Rings, Nolan. What's going on <laughs> with that? You haven't watched Lord of the Rings. I, uh, I lost the VHS tapes in the uh, transition of moving and haven't watched <laughs> Oh, That's so I legitimately spoiled Lord of the Rings prepping for this show. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're, you're joking, but shit. All right. 
it's, My bad. It's okay. There's, um, I have, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just kind of the settings I've been in when I've tried. I have, tr- I have never just like not seen any of them. I have tried, but I have not finished any. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, did you enjoy I, what you did see though? Uh, yes. Okay. I, you hesitated. I think I did. <laughs> That's not convincing at all. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, like, if I were at gunpoint, I think I would have enjoyed it. But... Is it just like the, uh, the the fictional fantasy universe that you're just not a big a big fan into, or I guess what's what's disrupting your enjoyment of these films? Um, honestly, like, I love the the universe, the the fiction and everything, the fantasy. I love it. Um, I don't know if. There's something with me buying into the characters, per se. Mm -hmm. Um, Me being a little bit younger, I don't know if I didn't just have the mindset to be able to appreciate it. Um, I think I was just kind of like certain scenarios. I can't remember, but there was a time, I think in the first one, and Frodo, I don't know if, uh, I mean, obviously he has a lot going on with like the ring and he doesn't know how (laughs) how it works, but I thought he was just kind of a coward and I'm like, I'm over this. Okay, that's fair. I mean, he did get shanked, like, <laughs> and he is like turning into a wraith slowly, and like he's basically dead inside. So, like, I get it. I'd have I mean, some PTSD I... being shanked. <laughs> yeah, I get shanked every day, and I'm still here. Yeah, <laughs> you're stronger than Frodo. Maybe you should pick up the ring. Yeah. But, no, I'm just kidding. I think I just honestly need to sit down in the right mindset, probably with the right people who thoroughly enjoy it as well, and just kind of power through it. I would love for you to do that. I would love for you to report back. I'm always one of those people that, um, or I'm one of those people, I should say, that if I sit down with someone that's never seen a movie and it's like one of my favorite movies, I'm never actually looking at the screen. I'm looking at the person to make sure they're having the right emotional responses to the film. And if they're not, then I just get pissed off because I'm like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to be crying here. You're supposed to be jumping for joy. You know, you're supposed to get super excited. I'm not sure if I'm the only person that does that, but I always watch the person and that's watching one of my favorite movies because I want to. I just want to make sure they're having the right emotional responses. Right. I did the pause, exact same thing. pause the movie. Goes off on him. Why the <laughs> hell aren't you crying? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've seen Ryan do it. Like, and and I do it the same thing with Ryan. If like, hey, 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 check out this uh, this YouTube video or check out this song, and Ryan shows me like this crazy techno song, and I'm like, yeah, man, it's just more cool. techno, you know. But Ryan's just like getting off to it, and I'm like, oh, you know, man, teach their own, I suppose. <laughs> That's why I don't send you shit anymore. I send Lauren like suicide cheap songs, and she's like, "Yeah, this is this is good work music." I'm like, well, "Rusty won't listen to this unless it's something else." Green techno. Yeah. Well, also suicide cheap is a really good techno channel. Okay. So, Mr. Well, I, suicide cheap. I might not check hey, it yeah, out. I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did you hear that? Might I might go check it out? I'm, I'm a I'm a big fan of like synthwave stuff. I've been in a big kick of that. I will, uh, in our Discord, to make the calm your tits thing that just is sitting on my screen right now, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll post something in there. Okay. It's a really good chill song. Well, yeah, well, speaking of, I mean, with working from home, uh, pretty much anything that Lauren listens to or that you send her, by association, I have to listen to as well. So just good, keep, that in, good. keep that in mind. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm um, finally educating you. Yeah, but awesome. Nolan, I, I'm so glad you're on the show. We still have quite a bit to get to, but I think that was a, a great introduction to who you are and what you love to do and all your, your passions and interests. So thank you for sharing all that good stuff. 
Uh, I do, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's just a couple news stories I wanted to get to this week. Uh, one that I was just elated to hear about. One kind of put me in a little bit of a depressing mood, if you will, uh, but also wasn't that surprising given everything else that's been canceled and or delayed in the past many, many months because of COVID-19, the coronavirus, whatever's politically correct nowadays to refer to that thing. Uh, but but the thing that's exciting, and I'm sure Ryan and Nolan will probably get on board with the excitement train here, whether this is to be believed or not, I do not know. It oddly came around the time of April Fool's, but Nintendo has never been, at least in my history and recollection, has never been big on the whole April Fool's Day or trying to troll their fans. They've always been very transparent with their messaging and what they were announcing. But earlier this week, it was all over Twitter, all over the interwebs and gaming publications. News cut out that Nintendo is reportedly preparing a collection of HD Mario games for the Nintendo Switch. So I pulled up an article here by Games Radar, and I wanted to quickly read through it because I think it's exciting for all Nintendo fans, particularly fans of the 3D Mario games. So the update on March 31st here says a new report from VGC, I don't know the acronym there, claims that Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy are among the Mario games coming to Switch later this year. These three will reportedly be released as part of a remastered anniversary collection, but it's unclear when and how this collection will be released, let alone what else it may include. Meanwhile, Super Mario 3D World is apparently due for an independent re-release featuring new content not unlike New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. So, I don't know about you guys, this gets me super excited. Apparently, we are ringing in the 35th anniversary for Mario, and I would want nothing more than to have a tri-HD release for probably my three favorite Mario games, Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy. What Absolutely. Are you guys? I think... Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know who wants to go first. You no one. Go, go for it. Okay. Never mind. I totally forgot. No, I'm just kidding. Cool. <laughs> I hate Mario. Mario sucks. Luigi all the way. Cool. Hey, I'm Luigi. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um... I think this is really cool. I I I'm totally on board. I, I just don't want them um, to get overzealous in terms of like screwing us over with individual. Like they did say collection, but I don't want to be paying like separate sixty bucks for a remaster of every single Mario platformer. I agree. Because then like, I don't want to have to pick and choose which ones to dive back into. Even if it's like thirty bucks for like pick one or like not the full sixty dollar re-release. I think I'd be okay with that. So I could get like those three, Sunshine, Galaxy, the original. There's right. no way they're It'd not. It would be cool if they threw in like a Mario Kart, like throw in Double, da- Double Dash or something. Oh, heck yes. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be milked for all my money, but like you can still milk me. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, Luke Skywalker getting that. Uh, mm, that blue milk. That. Yeah, milk. Uh, the green milk or blue milk. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, no, this really um, excites me because, I mean, obviously Super Mario 64 is just a classic. However, if there's one from that list of three that I'd be willing to lop off in exchange for, like, Galaxy 2 or Super Mario 3D World, if it is going to be kind of a, a tri-release, these three were going to be packaged in one collection, it'd probably be 64 that I'd lop off just because Sunshine, 
I I talked about it on the Discord. I feel like that game just ages like a fine wine. I don't think enough people one played it when it first released and two appreciated it as much as it deserves. I just felt like what they did with the flood mechanic of that little water pack was just so inventive and so clever. And I thought it was just perfectly complemented Mario's already existing platforming abilities. Plus, I feel like Delphina Plaza or Square would just look absolutely stunning with the HD treatment on Switch. Yeah. Yeah. What, what if they do this package of you get you get the three minus the Mario 64, but then they press Mario 64 soundtrack on vinyl. I I'd would be, okay be absolutely okay with that. The staff credits on vinyl, my gosh, that'd be orgasmic. Ooh. Right? Oh, you might have heard a dog. Yeah, just I, I like I like music too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, I'm all for this. Do we know where April Fool started? Like, is that just an American thing? I don't is know. Is that like a uh, worldwide thing? I'm gonna close my window though because you, I hear your pod- dogs are barking. What? I'm gonna close my windows because oh, dogs are your barking. Your podcast is about past stuff, Nolan. Uh, I, I was like, uh-oh, this shit, is, he's this gonna is call gonna be me directed. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, no idea where it started. So, beginning of April Fool's Day. Okay, the first thing that pops up is Wednesday, April first, twenty twenty. I was like, okay, no, that's not it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow, this uh, is the first April Fool's ever, guys. <laughs> uh, are we looking for the origins shoot, of April have, Fools? They have a Wikipedia page. Origin. That's probably all true. Um. So apparently it's kind of coming back about foolishness in Jeffrey Chaucer's The Canterbury Tales back in 1392. Oh. It seems like like the likely origins. Okay. Jeffrey Chaucer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, Jeffrey, getting us again. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, talking about like these remastered collections, I think like Mario would be amazing, but... With time passing, I think it would be also really cool to see like an HD um, collection release for like old James Bond Double O games. Oh, like can Night we please, Fires, my gosh. Man, I would lose my shit if we got Nightfire, Agent Underfire, Everything or Nothing. That was one of the best side-by-side co-op games, yeah. plus the multiplayer was just excellent. Absolutely. Like GoldenEye throw in there, like, oh. It, it, it's not an impossibility because especially the PS2, um, GameCube, Xbox games, uh, you know, if we're getting remasters of like Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, and, and uh, Jedi Outcast, I mean, they could easily port or at least touch up a bit some of those James Bond games. And to play Nightfire online with bots and other people would just, oh, that'd be so much fun. Gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? What was that... Uh... That one map that was the best, one of the best multiplayer maps I've ever played. It, it had like the gondola, and it was like the snow level. Do you remember oh, the name of that? You're, the 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 ski resort one with the uh, yes. the snow lifts. Oh, the ski lifts. Yes. Oh my gosh, it was Dude. gargantuan because it was a giant hill that was like obviously a ski platform that people would ski down. And then there were two resorts, one at the top of the hill, one at the bottom of the hill. And not only would you try and pick people off the sniper as you were you know, going from the ski lift from uh, top to bottom of the the hill. But then you could get these like little RC helicopter tanks, RC helicopters and RC tanks. 
and just pick off people, shoot people with like little <laughs> machine guns from the tank and then the, the helicopter as well. It was just crazy for its time. So good. It was. And then you'd always try to like finally maneuver it into the uh, resorts throughout the hallways. But if you hit one wall, just, just a bit, crash. Just blow up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm so glad you played those games nolan they're they're so fun i have them on ps2 so ryan we'll have to boot those up sometime absolutely yeah, i think no, i, I definitely it. haven't i think i we don't the only time i ever played the 007 was the was it new year's with diana and lauren oh, and you yeah we're playing goldeneye yeah yeah that was rough i we got destroyed i so. think i could say pretty slappers definitively only. oh yeah slappers only i can't do but um if, if we do like semi-automatics or even pistols only I can make the definitive statement that I just don't think I can be beaten in Goldeneye. I'm willing to take on anyone. Okay. <laughs> so the challenge is You're out on, there. Man. The challenge is out there. Give me your and- 64. I'll practice up a bit. <laughs> Look at some strats and uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll plug in my Ethernet port into the back of my 64. You can find my gamer tag. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, so I'm super pumped about the possibility of getting some HD remasters for Mario games and and maybe that's, you know, a sign of things to come for, for some of their other flagship franchises like Kirby, Zelda. Um, it would love to, I would love to see some, like, remastered collections for those as well. Uh, but I'd also love to see some new games from, from Nintendo. Uh, they've been pretty uh, ho-hum about releases moving forward. They, they did talk about, obviously, we talked about the Nintendo Direct last week. And I think maybe 80% of the, the, the more notable things they talked about were either HD ports or remasters, which I'm all for. I want to play Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Definitive Edition, but I would love to see some uh, some of the. I'd like them to breathe some new life into uh, the Switch console. But with all positive uh, announcements from the week, we have to balance it out with something negative, and that being that uh, Naughty Dog has announced that The Last of Us Part Two is delayed indefinitely. And when this happened, I have a co-worker, Brian, uh, he's a tremendous fan of the original Last of Us. Uh, he's played it so many times that he knows where each of the enemies spawn, he knows their walking paths, he's kind of a mastermind of the game, he's played it umpteen times. But anyways, he and I were going back and forth on Skype when the news broke, and we were both just heartbroken, and he was saying, screw Naughty Dog, I'm not getting the game, I'm gonna boycott it. And all these different things. And I was like, hold on, hold on, back up, dude. You got to chill out. Because when I dug into like the reasoning, the rationale of this game delay, it has nothing to do with them needing more development time. According to Neil Druckmann, the director of the game that's overseeing development, said the game's virtually done. They're working on a few bugs. It sounds like the intended may release. They're perfectly fine making it for that. But it sounds like it's largely due to logistical issues because of COVID. So I'm going to kind of dig into the, uh, the the formal announcement that Naughty Dog released. And so their statement reads as such. As you've likely just seen, the release of Last of Us Part 2 has been delayed. We're sure this news is just as disappointing to you as it is to us. We wanted to reach out to all of you in our community to give you a little more information. The good news is we're nearly done with the development of Last of Us Part 2. We are in the midst of fixing our final bugs. However, even with us finishing the game, we were faced with the reality that due to logistics beyond our control... We couldn't launch the game to our satisfaction. We wanted to make sure everyone gets to play Last of Us Part 2 around the same time, ensuring that we're doing everything possible to preserve the best experience for everyone. This meant delaying the game until such a time where we can solve these logistical issues. 
There's a couple more bullet points there in the announcement, but I think that's enough to kind of kick off the conversation. Um, I don't know, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this? I completely understand why they're doing it. Um, I deal with supply chains for my job and supply chains are so screwed up with just everything being shut down, states varying right now that I don't want to put people at risk ordering video games when there's more important things out there. That's Mm -hmm. not to say that it's not important. I'm super excited for this, but yeah, it it sucks because I was looking forward to this one, but I... It's a hard choice. It is. Zero out of ten. Last of yeah. us two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Review bomb it. <laughs> well, and that's a thing. It's like you can't actually be frustrated with Naughty Dog because to Neil Druckmann's point and really I think Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker made announcements too, it's completely out of their control. It has nothing to do with them needing more development time. It's just purely logistics, but which which leads me to question one, my goodness, we got Animal Crossing in the absolute nick of time. And then, <laughs> and then two. How did how did Final Fantasy VII remake even make it? How did they how, they must have pressed that game like a month ago? If if it's already probably I assume in Amazon warehouses and at Best Buys and Walmart, uh, you know, in the back storage places because um, there's been really no word about that game being delayed. So when does that game actually come out? That's like next week, right? Yeah, April tenth. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know. It, it might be queued up in people's order, though. Like, it could be out, but it might be queued behind, like, essential stuff because Amazon's not shipping anything non-essential. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't know. Final Fantasy VII is essential, so I don't know what the heck <laughs> doing. Yeah. But it just might be like, hey, we have to delay a few orders of uh, FF7. Yeah, and I think people are already flocking to Twitter to say that they've gotten Amazon notifications saying that their orders are delayed. It, mm-hmm. it leads me to question, though, what's what's the next month or two look like for other games that are releasing or even Blu-rays and, and all that kind of stuff? Are they just going to indefinitely delay the release of those those products because a lot of these distribution centers aren't able to actually get them to our houses? Um, it's It's definitely disappointing, but again, how can you possibly be frustrated with with it because it is is largely due to covid it's it, it is disappointing though nonetheless and i'm right. it sucks that i can't play last of us 2 when i when i thought i could but it also it, it's a reminder that hey rusty you have like well over 100 games on your shelf that you haven't played yet so maybe you should focus on those <laughs> <laughs> as a new ebay shipment comes in and rusty has four new ps2 games <laughs> hey now <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding but uh i mean but the you're, whole you're announcement speaking truth dog so it kind of like, I don't know, it's ringing a weird bell in my head because it's being delayed indefinitely, I get, but it's also kind of weird because I wonder if they're like, okay, well, this isn't working out the way we wanted it to. So I wonder if they're working closely with Sony to be like, how can we get the biggest launch possible with what's happening? And so I don't know if they're like trying to coincide something with the release of PS5 when they're like, we want everybody who wants to play get the opportunity to play any way they want to. And obviously it's probably going to be cross-platform with the next gen just because of when it's releasing. But I wonder if they're trying to even make it part of one of the launch lineups or something as big as can be to kind of make up that time that's been lost because of the pandemic. 
I think that's an excellent point, Nolan. And I honestly, hopefully they're not pointing to COVID and saying, gosh, what a convenient way to delay this game for PS5 launch. You know, it's it's still right. going to come out in October for PS, PS4, but if you wait till November, you're going to get a definitive edition with the DLC we already planned, very much like they've done with Last of Us Remastered for PS4. I don't doubt that at all. I mean, it would suck that if Neil Druckmann and the entire team is just, you know, saying like, oh no, it's it's COVID's fault, it's logistical issues. But then you have like the biggest game releasing this year, arguably in Final Fantasy VII, that's still coming for for current gen. I, I don't doubt that. I mean, it's definitely a very big possibility that they're going to just delay it indefinitely. They're not locking into any specific date because they're just going to like, you know what? When we release the release date for PS5, it's going to coincide with Last of Us 2. Because you better believe I mean, that'll sell consoles like there's no tomorrow. Right. I, and, and the way that makes me think that is just because they've left it so open. Like, what does logistics mean? That could mean literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, it. so I don't know where the discs are, like physical copies are being produced. But I'd assume if Final Fantasy VII is being produced in Japan, the lead time's like three months if you put it on a boat. So if Naughty Dogs, they're European, right? Uh, no, I think they're an American-based company. So then, yeah, I'd say the supply chain getting stuff around states right now is even more iffy than having something with a three-month, like they launched probably end of January, discs coming from Japan, if that's how they're doing their shipping. So like, I don't know. Can, it really I, I depends picture, on the chain. I can just picture like an episode of how it's made, and it's like they make a mask, and then they press Final Fantasy VII. Then they make a mask, <laughs> and then they press Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy VII. Uh, yeah, very true. Could could be could be what's going on. I don't know, but um, Crazy. but yeah, all makes sense. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see in the coming months uh, if anything else is gonna see uh, if anything else is gonna get delayed as a result of this as well. But um. I don't know. We'll play. We'll play The Last of Us Part Two at some point in the future. That's what I was telling my friend. It's like, hey man, I had to wait 14 years for Kingdom Hearts Three to come out, so you can wait a couple more months for Last of Us Part Two. So, <laughs> um, I still hope it comes out on PS4 though, and not just as PS5. I think that it will. would be disappointing that I have to pay $600 for a new system when it was previously gonna. Thanks a lot, COVID. Yeah, making me spend more money. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, Thanks, but yeah, I mean, speaking of COVID, uh, I don't know. I mean, how are you guys doing? How are you holding up, Nolan, over there in Nebraska with, with everything going on? Uh, we're doing okay. We're not on a lockdown order just yet. And, like, I kind of – I work for state government, so I'm, I'm part of, like, a public entity. So we haven't necessarily been told to, like, stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's kind of – I don't know. You, It's wearing on me in the fact of just not knowing – what's going on because i mean my workplace is they'll say one thing and then they'll say oh it's a fluid situation and then they'll end the email and i'm like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) (laughs) that's the most corporate it's a fluid (laughs) dynamic ever-changing positive situation (laughs) so uh, it's hard to like you know concentrate on work and be in a good mindset when it's like i i mean obviously there's a job to do in the public sector and I get that but we're also in my mind not so important 
to not be able to do a little bit of work at home and not contribute to the problem of being in an office. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, you know, and obviously I'm just kind of a busy bee and just kind of flying under the work and don't want to like ruffle any feathers, but I would rather have some sort of direction and understanding. So here we're actually gearing up to move, which hopefully we're able to do that by next weekend. Um, and I'm kind of taking that opportunity as like to get my mind off of what's going on in the world. It's like, okay, let's focus on making this new place home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously digging into animal crossing, uh, when I get <laughs> sick and tired of packing all my stupid shit I have. That's but, your real uh, home. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, anxiety ridden as ever, but I think we're just getting through it with some Jack and Coke and I hope everyone's doing okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unprecedented, whatever word you want to use to describe uh, the, the reality we're in. Um, it, I'm struggling as much as ever in terms of trying to get through work. I would say... I feel so incredibly thankful to be working for a company right now that's been nothing but transparent in terms of what our corporate plan is, in terms of protecting our associates. When when we're considering going back into the office, we recently got a corporate communication that um, May 6th is when we're planning on bringing back uh, associates in waves. They're not going to come all you know in at once. And that's honestly oh, that's probably... Good. I mean, May 6th is probably... Um, best case scenario, my guess is that's probably going to be continued to push out as numbers continue to climb. I don't think we've reached peak numbers yet as cases continue to exponentially increase as our deaths. Um, but I think Ryan can very much relate with you, Nolan, where there's just zero transparency and what you know the the messaging is from up above. So Ryan, you don't want to speak to that at all? Yeah, just throwing my company under the bus, just casually. <laughs> it's a Here, Ryan, to talk to it. No one from your company's listening right now. <laughs> like your old boss. Um, yeah, it's. So I work in the automotive sector, um, and we're looking at other OEMs. So you look at like Ford or GM, and they're shut down until start of May, um, and we're still trying to figure out a good timeline from what we're being told. But it's crazy to see like oh, the number of layoffs, like 6.6 million new unemployment unemployment claims last week. Yeah. And then like seeing GM cut their uh, salaried workers are all people who they didn't fire by like 20%. Gosh. So, I mean, it's because production stopped and that's millions and millions of dollars a day. Um, so it, it's... An interesting time to say the least. Um, I have some of the symptoms of COVID. Uh, I think I already had it a couple weeks ago, and I'm just potentially contagious. Try not to spread it to people. Yeah, as you so. kept me in your apartment for like 30 minutes, walking me around your Animal Crossing town, and no, 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 wait, just, let me just show you this. Let me whoa, show you that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me show you this. <laughs> Most importantly, my my character in Animal Crossing is not infected. So that's oh, what really matters. But your brother-in-law that spends all of his time with your little sister is. So that's um that's cool. Appreciate yeah. it. But, Dude, um, I'm only thinking of you. I just hey, I just sent you a blossom wallpaper and a lantern. So I, I COVID, I call it even. Gee, so. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. A life-threatening <laughs> virus, but hell people, I've got lanterns for Animal Crossing. All is well in the world. They're oh, beautiful yes. lanterns to no, like, so I guess, 
I think it was my last week that we were there of work. Like it just hit me like a bus, like 10 o'clock after I had a presentation. And then like I had a hot and cold flashes of like a fever. And then like I lost my sense of taste and smell for like a week. And like my fever was coming down and I've, I've had the cough for like three or four weeks, but I think dad had it first because he had temperatures of like 102, 103 and he was out for like a week. And then I went to the gym with him when he got back, um, which was probably smart. And then, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) now I'm here and I think I'm all right. Like there's no real issue. I took off Friday because I woke up with a fever and just a migraine. So yeah. Gosh. It's life. What are you we're what are you just, gonna do? Just animals. Just going through everything Ryan's done wrong in life for the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The problem is there's like no testing. So like I'd rather know officially that I have it or not. So right. I'm like, hey, I should stay home or like, hey, you're just being paranoid, which I generally am. So But you know, it's probably not a bad thing. Well, you know, okay, something really cool happened with us yesterday so we weren't planning for the world to be in the state that it's in and hope that everyone who is affected is doing okay but just a couple months ago before shit hit the fan we went on a costco run and i shit you not we got a costco sized thing of toilet paper and a costco sized thing of disinfectant wipes and had no idea what's going on and in the process of moving I was like, okay, let's get things out of the cupboard. And then the cupboard above the fridge, I was like, oh, more toilet paper. Because like, <laughs> so much, you just put it in random cupboards. Yeah. And I was just so surprised to find more. And I was like, oh, my God, we're okay. We're That's okay. awesome. Yeah, Lauren. <laughs> I, uh, I had a very similar thing happen to me as well. I was like, oh, I mean, like, my last paper towel thing ro- went out. And then, like, the next week was, like, all the shelves were empty. And I was like, all right, well, cool, I guess. <laughs> I could use that as toilet paper if that runs out. <laughs> right. Well, Lauren, uh, I she went to um, Costco this morning when it opened, and she pulled up, and there was like a line of a, well over a hundred people. Every single person had masks and gloves on, with carts that they were disinfecting before grabbing them, lining up to get into the store before it opened. And she called me and was like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, uh, "Go to Kroger." And so she. <laughs> She, <laughs> cough on people see yeah. what happens <laughs> so she just, she just i don't know what's going on outside it sounds like a riot's happening but um she uh she turned around went to kroger and she got some more um quote-unquote essential things i mean we have i don't know if we were i recorded this audio earlier if this was just us offline but uh we have plenty of oatmeal plenty of peanut butter um soup, pasta, just things that could last us a while that aren't necessarily going to expire in the near term. Um, but any any Ohio listeners, take stock in this, if you will. Um, consider it a hoax, if you will, as well. Um, you know, there's many text messages going around that, you know, my brother, my brother's son's dad's, you know, daughter works in the military and they're saying that they're going to shut down the whole country or whatever. Um, I know those hoax text messages were going around, but my dad, he's um, shooting civilians. They're zombies. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I was bitten. Oh, I like my, uh, I, I bit my brother. Like <laughs> put me down, please. Like, sends, sends a picture turning. <laughs> sends a picture of her like with flesh in the mouth. And- yeah. <laughs> Speaking of organs. Yeah. And selling <laughs> organs. 
Um, so yeah. anyways, my dad, he works anyway. as a <laughs> surgical sales rep for, for Bausch & Lomb. So he sells, he sells the, um, the contact lens that someone puts in a cataract procedure. Uh, that lens goes in the eye. So he sells that for a living or does that for a living. And one of his best friends who lives in Cleveland does the exact same thing. So this is kind of like a crazy family tree like situation, but I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. So his friend that lives in Cleveland, his daughter works for the Cleveland Clinic. And right now they're transitioning a lot of nurses to be going to the ICU just because of increased cases of COVID and the, uh, you know, just needing their care um, in the ICU. The head nurse there is kind of letting them know that, hey, Governor DeWine on Monday is going to declare an issue or an issue all grocery stores to close their doors. And the only way that you're going to be able to get your groceries is if you have curbside assistance, you can place your orders online. I've never looked into this. I'm sure, you know, Giant Eagle and Kroger's of the world do this now. Um, But that's going to be the only way that, you know, Ohio residents can actually get their groceries according to this, this nurse that works at the Cleveland Clinic. So again, buy stock into that, if you will, I will have this episode out as soon as I, uh, as soon as we finish recording, um, but but my guess is the way DeWine has been handling this whole situation in other states, and even President Trump has followed, um, this could be more prevalent in other states. So I don't know what that looks like, but you know I talked about how thankful I am that there hasn't been any mass riots and shootings because of this. You know people flocking to stores and trying to get things, but I feel like this could be another step closer to that, which kind of frightens me. Um, but all of that to say, just get, get the essential resources that you need in the case that there is this kind of an order for other States. And certainly if you live in Ohio, because, um, yeah, not going to be easy to get things, I suppose. Yeah. It does sound conspiracy esque, but it sounds like being ahead of the curve. Um, if we were in any that, other state, I'd question where we're it. going. Like Walmart closes at eight thirty now, which threw me off going in at like eight fifteen. But I mean, if you send this podcast to ten people, you won't get infected by COVID nineteen. So, <laughs> click like and subscribe, and uh, send it to ten people, or you'll get COVID. That's right. That's right. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess apart from that, how's everyone staying sane in the midst of this chaos? Look, uh, Nolan, you uh doing anything in particular to help your sanity during this crazy time? Um, packing is a big thing, uh, but I mean, honestly, Animal Crossing has been a big thing for me. Being my first ever Animal Crossing game, this thing has just changed my life dramatically for the better. It's <laughs> crazy good, and um, unfortunately, I'm kind of like, I just want my place to look really cool, but I'm getting these DIY things for like pink shanty wallpaper, and I'm like, what the fuck? I don't want that. So, <laughs> trash that (laughs) but you know i mean obviously it's a grind to just get what you want um but i'm absolutely loving it and um i don't know if there's any other borderlands fans out there but uh usually every tuesday i used to play like cards and drink beer and stuff with friends but with everything going on we switched to just online play and we like to play borderlands together so every tuesday we'll log on and play borderlands and do some uh farming and looting and all that uh, so that's helped me keep sane as well as like talk with friends. And then honestly, though, I am thoroughly enjoying uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh, nice. I think they hit the head on the nail, uh, bringing back the way Call of Duty always used to feel back in like the Modern Warfare 2 days. Mm, um, mm-hmm. 
I'm absolutely loving it. Which, like, uh, uh, you know, aside from news, how they actually just dropped the bomb of releasing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 remastered. Yeah, that's awesome. Which, isn't that crazy? But I'm also kind of like, I don't know, I wanted to ask you guys how you guys felt. Right now, it's actually like locked to Xbox players until April 30th, and it's only on PS4. And I just don't understand the thought behind that. I, yeah, I mean, I get, like, certain timed releases. Like, I think Final Fantasy VII is coming specifically to PS4 for now with no plans to come to other platforms for the foreseeable future. I get that. I remember Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I think, released exclusively on Xbox One for, like, the first year, and then it came to PS4. Okay. But but I think for, like, these third-party games, like, for me personally, I feel like a Final Fantasy game should always be played on a PlayStation console just because, historically, that's how it's always been. Maybe that's just ignorant of me i don't i don't know but something like tomb raider or call of duty why in the world are we locking it to a specific console especially 30 days like what, what's the point of that right exactly and it's not like it's a game i mean it's literally just the campaign yeah for 10 year old game and it's like put a lock on that it makes no absolute sense yeah, there's no value in there i mean no one is going to flock to the stores and buy a ps4 just so they can play Modern Warfare 2 campaign. Like, what? no one's right. doing that. <laughs> Ryan's over here like, oh, goes and returns modern, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I would pay a few hundred dollars to pay Animal Crossing. But not Call of Duty like an old game. Like, <laughs> the only person winning is the publisher just getting, like, Sony money or Microsoft right. money. Um. Speaking of Borderlands 3, I mean, I think that was a timed exclusive um, for like six months based off the launcher. Like, I think it probably just got on Steam recently. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they did just uh, push it out to Steam, which obviously, like, there's some controversy going on right now with, like, Gearbox in general, which kind of Mm -hmm. makes me cringe, but... Really? I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Yeah, um, Elaborate on that, Nolan. I was listening to the giant beast cast earlier and I just, uh, just heard it and they were talking how, um, a story came out. And so the way the gearbox works, especially with like how they did borderlands three is that all the developers and their contracts were okay. So they get salary, but the salary is below like market standard or like market average for game developers. And then they would get like a 40% share of how much the game sells. And then the board or executives or whatever gets 60% of the share of however the game works. And then it turns out that just like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Borderlands 3 just made back the money it took to produce the game. And so now developers are like, what's going on? Like they're not getting the money that they were promised. And then Randy Pitchford apparently was just like, well, if you don't like it, you can leave. And things are not looking too pretty. Actually, I think I saw that headline, but... Happened to, this happens a few times, or I've seen it happen a few times, where like they miss. I think Activision did it by like you have to get ninety or above on your Metacritic score, and they they got like a eighty nine. Actually, it might have been Bethesda on Oblivion. Oh, okay. But yeah, that that sucks. If it's in your contract, you think they'd be protected? Yeah, if that's in writing. Right? That sounds yeah. like more of like a class action lawsuit than anything else. Right, it's the whole the whole situation just, just like seems shady, and I mean, 
I don't know. If I, I feel like if I was an official of pretty big software AAA title company, I'd want to keep the, the best people on board. Like, why don't you just give the people what they deserve? Because they've obviously put in a lot of time to make a good game that has been well-received. I don't understand why you have to push back so much. Yeah, I mean, if Randy yeah. Pitchford is, is driving the, the main creative vision, it's the people on the ground floor that are slaving away, actually making his vision come to fruition. And so it's just, it's really sad to see someone like him, that's the leader of, uh, is it Gearbox Studios? Is that That's the developer of uh, Borderlands, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, if he's the leader, the face, the front-facing person of that company, I mean, that is going to sour people's tastes and buying habits moving forward with such a, a negative stamp on, on his track record now. And I don't know. I mean, I know it happens probably more often than we find or more often than we know. I think there was an article not too long ago about the Naughty Dog developers just forcing their employees to slave away, um, trying to fix all remaining bugs in Last of Us 2. And I'm sure... With all of these AAA releases, there's always crunch time. Rockstar got a lot of flack, you know, years and years ago with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and the GTA 5 and all those different games. But at the, at, the, at the same time, I don't know how to fix it because obviously I'm not behind closed doors seeing day-to-day operations. I don't know what's the right answer, but I do know coming out and saying, hey, deal with it or leave is not the correct way to handle it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I originally when I started college, that's kind of what I wanted to do was going to like video games and like coding and stuff and like work on that. Um, but like the more and more I hear about how people were treated within video games, like we enjoy the final product of it, but the actual process of making it sounds hellish. Mm-hmm. Like I think my job sounds crazy and on paper it does and like in actuality it is, but like that's like crunch time sounds miserable. Right. Yeah. And it sounds like a day to day thing. Like just, it's normal to have crunch time. It's the status quo. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah, I get you. It's sad. Cool. Mm. On a happier note, COVID. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. yeah. no, so like Borderlands, what, what is there to grind? Cause I, I got stuck on a boss towards the end of the game. Um, it's like one of the raider bosses. It's like a giant thing in the middle of a, the arena. And it like has the fire coming out of the floor and like spinning blades. And it's just like a giant face. You know, what oh, I know about? what you're talking about. And it's kind of like a um, like jump a, a take jump on like... blades and stuff. And then there's fire. And then like you can res yourself by killing. It's right, right. after that big plant guy. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, I, wasn't that like a, a, a play on Penn and Teller or something? That big robot in the middle of the arena? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's still a little bit more game after that, but at this point, they've released like two DLCs. Okay. So with each DLC release, they've actually upped the level cap as well. Okay. So after that, you know, obviously you have to refarm all the guns that you enjoyed because the level cap is higher. So the guns are better at a higher level. So you have to go back and obviously farm certain bosses that drop certain things. And that's kind of what we've just been doing. And honestly, spend way, way more many hours. And then Michelle's just watching and she's like, have you done anything in these three <laughs> hours? Because I've seen that same boss 20 times. That's hilarious. So what what is the DLC? Is it more bosses, new planets, 
both uh, brand new bosses, new planets. The first one was uh, the Handsome Jackpot. And so oh. you actually go up into Handsome Jack's uh, casino and those battles and arenas are actually a lot of fun. Um, they added a new level cap as well as like uh, new um, class mods for each class. And then so if you farm the boss on that world, that's the only place that you can get like those class mods. So you go there, you beat the DLC. Um, it's pretty good. And the one they just released last week was like Love Guns and Tentacles or something. And it's kind oh. of got a HP Lovecraft feel. Ooh. Awesome. And then you're on this whole like ice planet and those new bosses and everything. Ryan actually just yeah, ran to his PS4 to download that DLC. Yeah, no kidding. Like I love Lovecraft and that's why I love Bloodborne. Um, oh, okay. So, cause it's a very Lovecraftian kind of feel. Um, it's just eerie and weird and dark. Right. I like it, but I'm, I'm, I'm deep into, I don't know if you guys played call of Cthulhu, but it was the free game of the month or whatever. Ooh. Last month. Oh my god, it's so I good! Is I think it, I downloaded what, it on what's Steam. What's the play style? It's uh, first person, and it's kind of very much like dialogue driven. But okay. you walk around, and then um, you can level up your character after certain points in the story. You'll get like uh, character points, and then you can spend them in certain skill trees that can. Um, change the way you interact with the environment like let's say if you put in uh, a higher skill point in hidden items you can find items in uh, each part of you know the the map or whatever that you're in that you might not otherwise be found if your skill points were lower or investigation and you can maybe pick a lock and get into a room that you couldn't before um, and it's very like eerie and uh, different environments whether it be like a cave or a rundown mansion um, and then there's different parts of the game that either what you choose can change your fate in the end so i haven't beat it just yet but if you go down a certain path and actually uh, interact or get thrown into a certain situation it actually affects your sanity and so then different choices come arise depending on how sane you are because of what you've seen it sounds like there's a lot of replayability then. Absolutely. For like multiple skill trees or like getting into different places. Is um, this um, or different endings? Is this a newer game, Nolan? Is it, or is this Dark Corners of the Earth? Because I have Dark Corners of the Earth downloaded on Steam. Was there a newer Call of Cthulhu? Uh, I think so. I think it might have came out like a year or two ago, and it's okay. Yeah, it's just called Call of Cthulhu. Gotcha. Because I have like uh, an older, must just be like an older uh, game in the series. And it looks very similar to what you're describing, but graphically it looks a little dated, and it is first person. So um, yeah, I'll have to check out this this newer one because I'm all about pretty much all things horror, uh, particularly games and movies. So uh, yeah, sounds like a, sounds like a potential good October game. Absolutely, I think you're gonna love it. Good stuff. Well, Ryan, how are you holding up? What have you been doing? Uh, I know. You, I think my last check on your hour count on Animal Crossing was like 155 hours. So uh, yikes, maybe. Yeah, so it's not 155. It's actually 150. I checked. Oh, lovely! Um, <laughs> it's a lit. It, 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 I almost doubled my uh, Smash time. But and I mean, keep like, in mind, Smash came out like a year and a half. And really, most of my weekends. What? I said, keep in mind, Smash came out like a year and a half ago. Let's not get into semantics, all right? <laughs> it, it is what it, I love Animal Crossing. I think on my top 10, I had Animal Crossing above Smash. 
But, I do not remember. Yeah, I'm enjoying the crap out of it. I um, starting last night. I just started um, terraforming and like removing trees and things. Before that, really, most of this week I spent just running around popping balloons because mm-hmm. we had like the bunny update. So, oh God, the bunny update. <laughs> what do you think of that? I have I have PTSD already. I'm like. <laughs> What the hell is going on? It's it's just like I uh, my whole living room is filled with eggs. I'm like I'm over this. Yeah. And like, it's not it's not even I, I I feel like for one the events going on way too long. Well, like what three days in and I'm I'm done with it. But then you get these DIY projects and I was like, this is the ugliest fucking clock I have ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> I are. will not put this in my house. Yeah. The only things that. Oh, go ahead, Rusty. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think that's kind of been the overwhelming and universal response to this whole bunny day. It's like, oh, my gosh, cherry blossom trees. And then it's like after you play for maybe a day, you're kind of just done with it because you're getting balloons out the wazoo or flying over your island like crazy. And all it is is just earth, tree, sea, rock, eggs. And I'm done collecting them. I have no interest in crafting bunny furniture Please, let's just roll on through April and get to just some normalcy in the Animal Crossing world. Right. I'm always like fishing. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a big one. Oh, eh, well, just, <laughs> well, that's just why an egg. Well, that's why I've kind of gone to butterflies. Um, as I was like, so if you get 300 balloons, which is why I really enjoyed the Bunny Day event for like the time it took me to max it out. 300 balloons is the threshold to start or have the potential of getting the golden balloon, which is where you get the DIY for the golden slingshot. So, like, what I want to do is get all the golden items eventually. Um, But slingshot is, like, a super long one. So that's the one I wanted to check off during this event. So I just run around my island looking for balloons while catching butterflies. And, like, there's a white butterfly, the big one, that's a 1,000, I think. And then there's like multiple butterflies that are like 25 to 3,000 or 2,500 to 3,000. So it adds up a lot if you're trying to get 300 balloons. Wow. So like I'm sitting on, I think, a million 200,000 um, just in my house preparing for turnips. But like before April 1st, you could just turn any island after 7 p.m. into a tarantula island so i made a shit ton of money that way but like that the spawn has changed so like before tarantulas you could basically isolate the types of spawns to only have tarantula in the spawn tables besides like wharf bugs on the rocks and then um some of those like underground bugs but like you could basically force spawn tarantulas so you can get a full inventory and get like 400k wait how would you do the run what? How do you do? How do you force Tarantula Island? Do you just bring like two yeah. of them to the island, or? <laughs> yeah. So like you basically the smaller island, um, you have limited spawn area. So what you do is you'd cut down all of the trees and remove the stumps because bugs could spawn in the uh, the stumps, um, and then you put all the items just off to one side. You get rid of all of the rocks because uh, I think snails spawn on rocks. And then you basically just flatten your island of everything. And then the only thing that can really spawn are the wharf bugs on the rocks and then the uh, 
the mole crickets underground and then the tarantulas. So what you do is you'd run around and get rid of all of the wharf bugs and then the, there's a higher likelihood of tarantula spawning and then you can always dig up a mole cricket but they don't really like the mob cap is five for insects on one of those islands so you get rid of like two spawns of wharf bugs and then you've got a really high percentage chance of spawning a tarantula you oh might as well God. just explain like astrophysics to me and i don't think i would have <laughs> okay <laughs> so like so like the problem is now um you you have a specific spawn table um, and in April 1st, that kind of got screwed up because you have the stuff that spawns on top of the ponds. Like you have the pond sliders and like that other giant pond thing. And I think those cap out at three from what their video I was watching. But you still have a bunch of mole crickets. So it's a lot slower now. So really the best way to make money now is turnips. But in March, it was a really good time. Uh, to make a ton of money, hmm. man. Well, so I, I haven't thought I haven't looked into this at all. Like I, I'm not. I was, <laughs> like, what are you talking Cl about? Clearly, <laughs> I like I go into the museum and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then that's my day in animal. Yeah, <laughs> it's honestly one of the most zen-like experiences in all the video games for me. And my my favorite part, my favorite like area in the entire game is just going to the museum, specifically the aquarium, and going where the anchovies are, if you've caught if you've caught anchovies, oh. and just sitting there staring at this gargantuan tank, tank, and this super chill music plays. And I'll tell you what, if that doesn't like help alleviate anxiety and depression and stress that everyone is probably experiencing at least an inkling of right now, man, I don't know what will. That that is just for me is therapy. Like I was explaining to one of my coworkers that like, while I, I wish I could talk to a therapist, at, you know, with everything going on right now, my therapy has been going to the aquarium and animal crossing and just chilling out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, so it's such a relaxing, like I don't really listen to music. Generally. I just like in video games, you're, Rusty is the one who always like, oh, the soundtrack's great. But for this one, I really am picking up on the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And I generally don't do that because it's just atmospheric for me. But like I've sat down and like, I really like how this jam sounds. And like it really, like I think 5am was my favorite song um, on the soundtrack so far that I've heard. Not well, that I've played at 5am. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> The cool thing about Animal Crossing is every hour is a different tune, even if it's so ever so slightly that it just seems un, like you don't see the difference between 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. Um, but that's what I love about the game is that it's just it's so unique and inherent to Animal Crossing to have with every passing hour a different song playing. It's just incredibly unique. Right. And, and, and then you add in like the KK slider things that you register for. Your yes. house itself, and I was, I was so thrown off. So a good friend of mine sent me. Um, well, I built my own like stereo thing, which you can register music on, and then they sent me another like retro stereo. So I have like the woodblock stereo, and then now yeah. I have a retro one. So then I put the retro one in my in my bedroom since I added a new room. And I was so thrown off because apparently I must have been playing two separate songs. So the song changed when I went into my bedroom, but it was different than my living room. Oh yeah. 
I thought yeah. the game messed up. I was like, what's going on? There's nothing synced. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually new to this game, and I really appreciated that because I have, I think, a stereo in each one of my rooms, and they're all, gen, depending on the mood of my room, has has a different song. And I think in New Leaf, it had you're playing one song for the entire house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is yeah. kind of cool that they do change that. It's like you have virtual surround sound in your Animal Yeah. So wait, you you said you this is your first one. Um, I guess what made you want to get Animal Crossing? And is it what you expected? Um, Honestly, I think it was just the push of knowing so many people that played it. Like after listening to your guys' first uh, podcast, that first weekend after it came out, and then a couple of friends that have a switch here in, in Lincoln, um, I was like, you know, what the hell? Because I, you know, I would rather keep in contact with our close friends and then, you know, play along and dive into the to the content like you guys were. Um, and I was like, you know, might as well try it. Who knows? It's okay. So then I just picked it up. And <laughs> this was the point where GameStop was just doing the curbside pickup. Oh, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I also just want to... Uh, experienced that for myself uh and so i did it and i wanted to be a pain in the butt and in my mind i was like gonna bring all these games to trade in through the door (laughs) but i i didn't but i thought it would be pretty funny that would be you're like i'm gonna the employees probably like i'm gonna cough on this guy i don't know (laughs) if i have it or not but he deserves it (laughs) right just get him out of here but uh, honestly like with with just saying what the hell and getting it i had no expectations. I didn't know what this game was all about. Um, other than the fact it was kind of like a very uh, open world, easy going Stardew Valley. And I enjoyed Stardew Valley. So it's mm-hmm. like the objectives are not as clear as Stardew Valley. And you can kind of do whatever you want and nothing's wrong. Like you can't do anything wrong. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think I'll just give it a shot. And honestly, um, it has consumed my entire life. <laughs> that seems to be like the common consensus of everyone I've like listened to on YouTube or like all the videos I've watched. It's like this is the all-consuming thing right now. It really is. Right. And it's the best thing to like consume your time because otherwise, I know at least for me personally, you just get very stir-crazy and anxious and in in reality, your apartment, your house, wherever you're you're holed up, and this is just the perfect escape, literally escaping to an island in Animal Crossing. And I don't know, for me personally, I've, I've put about 80 hours into it. And I think for me now, I'm kind of more on in the boat of I sign in, I collect my daily four fossils that are hidden around the island. Um, I clean up the weeds, sell my fruit. And I'm kind of at the point where I kind of just sign off after that because I'm kind of like deep into another game, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, but I think what you were saying, Nolan, you hit the nail on the head when you're saying that you can't really do anything wrong in Animal Crossing. And that's what I love about this game, especially now uh, when it's released, just because there's no wrong way to play Animal Crossing unless you're time traveling, of course. Um, But (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's the perfect game to just zone out, play. And that was honestly what distracted me most playing Stardew Valley. I, I played it for maybe an hour or two and they are very clear in their objectives and what you have to accomplish on any given day. Whereas Animal Crossing, it's kind of similar to Minecraft in the respect that it's like, hey, here's this sandbox, kind of make it what you will, you know? And right. I know we, we have a mutual love for The Sims, Nolan, and I feel like this is a very oh, personalized, yeah. intimate version of The Sims. Because instead of like, hey, 
create this house, make this fictional family, do what you will with them. This is kind of honing in on one sim and saying, hey, personalize the hell out of this character, their house, and their world. And I just, I love that aspect of it. Absolutely. Oh, God. I'm so happy you said The Sims. We don't have to talk about it too much, but uh, if they ever put a sign, like a like a physical vinyl soundtrack of The Sims, oh my god, I will buy up the entire stock. And I want an immediate, Please. I want an immediate text message, Nolan. If it is, if there's an announcement for it, because if I miss it, I'm gonna lose my mind. Because <laughs> talk about one of the most chill soundtracks of all time. I mean, it's it's seriously like visiting the greatest dentist office of all time because the music that plays <laughs> is just so damn good. I love it. I remember. I mean, right. it it largely got me through some of the tougher studying sessions of the CPA exam because just the opening theme, man, is just ah. It's just so therapeutic. Absolutely. And I follow like Jerry Martin, the composer. Um, he has a website called like Boom Bamboo. And you can get free unreleased MP3s of what he did for like SimCity and stuff. And you can download it. But then he also has the full catalog of the buy mode for the Sims that you can download for free. But he'll like email out saying, hey, I just released this unreleased song from SimCity, SimCity 3000. And then you can like listen to it and download it if you want. But Wait, I'm what? so tempted just to email him back and be like, hey, man, uh, can we get that vinyl soundtrack? It's no kidding. Wait, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Martin. Jerry Martin. I'm writing this down and checking that out after the podcast. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's great. Good stuff. Well, I'm so happy you're enjoying Animal Crossing, Nolan, because it is one of those things where I feel like people either get it or they just don't. Like, it's just not for them. Um, but I'm so glad to see that I think even people that never really on board with Animal Crossing are just falling madly in love with New Horizons. It's just so good to see. Right. And I, I love the dynamic here, like Ryan being so big on like, I don't know how to say, like capitalizing on the game. Oh, yeah. And just getting shit done. And then obviously like Rusty kind of has that laid back approach. And it's cool just to see the different kind of play styles and, and having Ryan talk about where he's at in the game doing so much. It's cool. Like Ryan is always is about I efficiency. It, I don't know how I get away from that, but like my worry in games, like I'm always the type of person like in an RPG that I don't use my best weapon because I'm afraid I'm going to run out of ammo or durability or something. Uh. And then it just never gets used. So like with the uh, bunny day stuff, I was afraid I was going to miss one of the recipes, but like my biggest worry, not that the bunny stuff I'd ever put in my house, the, um, was the blossom stuff because it's beautiful but the blo cherry blossoms are only there for two weeks so like if i ever want to deck out my thing in like lamps of these cherry blossoms i only have like two weeks to farm it so i'm like how do i maximize my efficiency to make sure that i'm not losing out later on right but i can't get away from that thought process it just kills me <laughs> like, i'm enjoying it thoroughly um it's not like stressful for me but yeah, and that's that's kind of the switch that I have to flip because I was kind of I had that mindset going into Animal Crossing New Leaf on the 3DS and that's why I shelved it after like two or three weeks of playing it because I felt like I had to to almost prove something to myself or check X number of boxes when playing and if I didn't it was as if I lost to the final boss battle in a Zelda game or something like that 
And that's why I'm, I'm really taking the approach with Animal Crossing where I had to start this game in Final Fantasy 15 that was going to be more demanding of my time than Animal Crossing because otherwise I would treat Animal Crossing like it had a finish line. And I think the best way to approach Animal Crossing is that it's a marathon that just never ends. There is no finish line. And so, like, I absolutely adore what Ryan's done with his island, but, like, I don't want to be there for, like, another year. And that's not a knock on Ryan because, Ryan, obviously, just do what you what you want, man. Love the game. Play how you want to. But for me, like, I can't do that because then I would just, like, I would frustrate myself and then just never want to play it after, like, two or three weeks. Um, so I'm really trying to just take the approach where it's like, oh yeah, I'll pop in for like 30 minutes, maybe an hour or two a day and then, uh, shelve it and get back to, uh, Final Fantasy 15 or, you know, watch uh, Ozark or, you know, whatever I'm doing, um, to kind of pass the time, if you will. No, I think that's the respectable route. Um, (laughs) I'm just not taking it because like I've, it's been so long since I've played a Animal Crossing game. And, like, I had so much that I wanted to accomplish on my last Animal Crossing account that I never could. And this being so much, being far better, like, visually, mechanically, um, like, wanting to deck out my house and, like, make my island my own, like, which I'm just starting now at the 150-hour mark, is, kind like, what I find to be fun. But I'm probably going to pick up this week Sekiro again. Um there's four endings and I'm at the final boss on the second ending and I've beaten it once. Nice. Um, and that's a game I want hundred percent because I think combat wise, it's my favorite from soft game. Um, I still like the atmosphere of bloodborne, but I'd say combat wise, it's my favorite from soft game. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you just haven't seen the light. Cause you're still playing it like, a, like a bloodborne. It's yeah, so different. I know. But like once it clicks, it feels so good. We have to do that soon. Well, you know, past quarantine, yeah, we'll get back to Halo Combat Evolved and then we'll move on to Sekiro. I think mom bought us masks or just got us masks, so maybe. <laughs> Dude, if you're losing <laughs> you're a sense of like taste and smell and you lost your eyesight three weeks ago, I, I don't know if I'm wanting to, uh, to be hanging out well, at your I place. Just, I mean, soon. I sewed on my right arm that fell off. it was only a flesh wound come on uh yes well someday soon ryan will play secure together side by side uh but yeah the other game that i I mentioned a couple times in the show was uh, final fantasy 15 i wanted to go all in on a new rpg that i haven't yet played and and 15 had been sitting on my shelf for quite some time and and i'm kind of selling myself short here because i'm not selling myself short but i think i'm getting involved in in a game that's going to probably delay me playing Final Fantasy VII, just the remake, because that comes out obviously in a week, and I don't want to rush fifteen because it's the Royal Edition, so it has all the DLC, and I'm just thoroughly enjoying my time, and it's a game that, honestly, at the rate I'm unlocking trophies, not even intentionally doing so, is just going through the game and kind of going through the motions of side quests and things like that. I'm unlocking so many trophies, and I looked at the list, and it doesn't look like all too challenging of a platinum trophy. So maybe more to come on that. I don't know. Once I beat the base game, we'll see if I kind of go all out and try and get the platinum trophy. But for those that, you know, aren't aware of 15, it's as every subsequent uh, Final Fantasy game, it's a completely unique story all, all in its own. And you play as Prince Noctis in kind of a band of brothers story, if you will, with, with three of your friends and 
ultimately, as you would expect from any kind of JRPG, um, you are the prince, and it's it's your you're destined to kind of take the throne and be king, become king of this kingdom that you find yourself in, and you're going and embarking on this long quest to kind of vanish the evil of this empire that's kind of invaded your kingdom. And what I like most about the game is just it can be so intense and crazy in its combat, but then on the other side of the coin, you have this road trip. I you know uh, this 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 road trip of a game where you're just on the road with your buddies and you're in your car a lot of the time, traveling from city to city, side quest to side quest, main quest to main quest, and that's honestly what what I like about it most is just hopping in your vehicle, you can either drive it yourself or you can have it auto-driven by one of your um, your three friends. And one of the really interesting things about this, as you would expect when you're in a car, is that you can turn on the radio. And it's not just any ordinary radio, you can literally flip through music from the Final Fantasy catalog, specifically Final Fantasy VII, 13, the first game, and then game or music unique to 15 itself. And so it's no secret if you've listened to any uh, number of episodes of the podcast that I'm a huge fan of not only Final Fantasy XIII uh, in its combat and story, but I'm obsessed with its music. And you can listen to at least 10 songs from the XIII soundtrack, which, as you would expect, are the best songs in the game. So as I'm, especially like when I'm, um, I'm, I'm doing side quests, I'll just play the 13 soundtrack as I'm wandering the open world, kind of just grinding it out, killing a bunch of monsters, racking up a bunch of XP, and just having an absolute blast. So when I played the first, when I got through the first few chapters, I really wasn't over the moon about the game just because the combat seemed kind of button mashy, but now I've seen it as more, it's really come into its own. It seems much more from at least what I've played of the Monster Hunter series it seems right up there with combat from the Monster Hunter games. Very action-heavy, heavy, very quick, um, very intense. And, and kind of how it's laid out is you have four weapons that you can map to the four um, control pad um, spaces. So if you press up, left, right, or down, you can immediately equip a different weapon, whether it's like a giant greatsword, an axe, dual daggers, or just a, a, a general like spear or sword. And different enemies are vulnerable to those different weapons. So you kind of have to figure out like on the fly, whoever you're fighting, which enemy is going to be more vulnerable to those different weapons. And I like that kind of just quick to think combat style. It's definitely a large departure from Final Fantasy 13 and its paradigm system. But I think that's kind of the beauty of the Final Fantasy games is that each game from the ground up is built to be something different. Uh, and that's really what I'm appreciating about Final Fantasy 15, and uh, and it doesn't seem too in your face with its story. I know 13 specifically was incredibly complex, and I feel like there is some nuance to 15 story, but it's not so over the top crazy where I have to go into some dictionary dialogue thing to figure out like who is the LC, who is the Falsy, who is this person, how does this person relate to that? It, it, it is seems very a lot more streamlined, and I kind of appreciate that. But um, but yeah, I'm about. 13, 14, 15 hours into it, I think. Uh, just finished the fifth chapter, uh, which seems to be on track to finish it in about 40 to 45 hours, which people that I've talked to, I know Johnny Millennium, the Happy Console Gamer, I think he clocked in around 40 to 45 when he ended up finishing it. Um, but it is a game that I'm really enjoying just doing the side quests. 
You can hop on a chocobo to expedite um, travel across the world. I think the world very much, at least to me, seems... Um, it, it, it almost mirrors, in a sense, the Far Cry games, like Far Cry 3 and 4 specifically. It just has that sense of... Uh, well, it just kind of like looks like it, you would expect, um, or it looks similar to the Far Cry 3 and 4 games. Um, and I would even say traversing and exploring the world um, feels a lot like the Far Cry games. Uh, and, and that's certainly a good thing. It's just um, the the actual world itself doesn't seem overwhelmingly large. It looks like um, everything's kind of unlocking and progressing in a way that's not overwhelming, which, again, I appreciate because you have to travel in the regalia which is the name of your car um, in order to kind of unlock new areas so when you come to a new town you go to a diner you talk to the owner and that automatically unlocks um, nearby places where you can farm resources or you can camp out because typically at night is when you want to go to sleep it's interesting mechanic in the sense that as you kill enemies and un- or, uh, rack up xp you actually have to camp and kind of go to sleep in order to allocate that XP and level up, which is kind of kind of interesting. But all in all, I know I kind of rambled on a lot, but I'm, I'm really <laughs> enjoying the game, as you can probably tell. So um, you guys should have probably stopped me five minutes ago, but I love Final Fantasy uh, in general, and 15 is definitely no different. I don't think it's coming close or holding a candle to 13 for me, um, but that's probably just because 13 holds a special place in my heart. So I think, I mean... I'm I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I've been away from Final Fantasy for a little while now, um, but obviously just listening to your guys' discussion, um, and I think when was it when, when it was Lo- Logan on? I think he enjoyed talking Final Fantasy with you as well. Yeah, um, Logan and uh, Chronolink for sure. Okay, and and Chronolink, um, you guys rock. I uh, love those episodes. <laughs> but I mean, I've been away from Final Fantasy for a while. Uh, I think it's just cool just to just to listen to the way that you enjoy those games um and it seems like final fantasy 15 kind of stepped back and then looked at itself and was like okay let's slow it down a little bit but make sure people still get that final fantasy feel and obviously you know taking time with um uh the progression of the storyline because i know a lot of times final fantasy are like pretty heavy in terms of progressing the storyline yeah um so I think it's kind of cool that you're getting that experience where it's a little bit more slowed down, but you get that Final Fantasy experience that everybody expects. And then plus with the music, I mean, that's just a really cool ad. It's always like the small things in video games that really makes me remember them and come mm-hmm. back to them time and time again. Um, you know, not to get off track, but like take the Tomb Raider games, for example. I was blown away and kind of drooled just because somebody made the animation and put the thought into Laura getting out of the water and then like brushing her hair to like squeeze out the water. I was like, okay, somebody had to think to do that. Yeah. It's just like that. Like they put the radio system in for a reason. Like that's cool. Yeah. No, I mean the radio thing is one of the things I appreciate most because, um, there is some kind of ambient music as you explore the world, but to be able to specifically figure out like, ah, I'm in this, you know, if you're playing a game, I mean, name any game and you're just like not over the moon about the music playing in that particular area. It's like, no problem. Pull out your little portable radio and play some Final Fantasy VII music. Listen to One Winged Angel as you casually drive down um, the street in your regalia. It's just so inventive and clever and something that I'd never really um, thought about when playing a game, but it's cool that they programmed it as such and and one thing i wanted to double click into nolan that you had said earlier 
um, is that they really kind of looked at the series as a whole and kind of took a step back. Literally, when you boot up the game, one of the first things that pans across the screen is sa- says, um, a Final Fantasy game for newcomers and veteran players alike. So it's really oh, that's cool. cool. It's really neat that they like they were self-aware enough to say like, yeah, we did take a step back because we wanted to be more inviting to new players, but also cater to those longtime Final Fantasy fans. And I think that's really pretty good or pretty cool from uh, of Square Enix. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's really all I've been playing re- recently, Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy 15. I recently talking about just sanity and trying to stay in touch with people. Um, there was a huge spring sale from uh, on the PSN store, so I ended up downloading uh, Killzone Shadowfall, which was a um, a launch title for the the PS4. Big fan of the Killzone series, particularly the PS3 entries and uh, Mercenary on the Vita, especially. Just what a terrific game that was, and I wanted to give Shadowfall a try because obviously everyone gets in the mood for a good old first person shooter every now and again. But the game that I bought that I encouraged Ryan to get as well is just Uno that you could play online with friends. And I thought, what better way to stay connected than to hop on um, a Discord video call or something like that or even talk through PSN chat and just play Uno? I just thought that's just, you know, going back to the roots, right? That's amazing. I had no idea that you could do that. So, like, how does panic work? Do you have to, like, press a button to say, hey, I only have one call left? Well, can you just not say anything? I have no idea. I have no idea, <laughs> but it was on sale for four bucks. And I thought, I, I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I heard Ryan kind of cackling over there, but I mean, why not? Uno sounds great. I mean, I know everyone's like, come visit my Animal Crossing town. Let's play Animal Crossing till we drop dead. But why not play, you know, why not step away from the Animal Crossing for a little bit and uh, play Uno? I mean, if we can't play board games in person, why not play them virtually? I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's why on the uh, Nintendo Direct, I was so excited about the, like, the 50-something games or whatever it was. Yes. Because Uno is one of those fun ones that it was, or it was entertaining to play using cards, but, like, virtually, I'm sure it's just as entertaining. I just can't cheat. So, like, I don't remember exactly how I cheated, but I think I put uh, cards in Lauren's hand when we were playing on, like, a long car trip. And I won just because I was like feeding her cards, and, like slowly, <laughs> oh like giving it, like giving her t- together. So oh you're like, God. how the hell do I have like thirty cards in here? <laughs> I and Ryan says on. he doesn't time travel in Animal Crossing, but says he can't cheat in any. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so I did time travel in Animal Crossing, <laughs> but yeah, it. I mean, Peggles is another fun one, but. I might try to learn chess as well, but Rusty actually gave me a book to start reading. I did, yeah, because I, I, I challenge you to do the Pick 5, Challenge 5, and um, as it starts to warm up, Ryan and I live in an apartment complex where we have a little um, balcony where because we, we both live on the second floor, and I thought, what better way than just kick back, prop up a chair, maybe have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or something like that, and just read a good book. And I recommended to use some of my favorites, and Ryan, which one did you select? Uh, the Stephen King, Salem's Lot. Yes, the second book written by Stephen King and published in not only my favorite Stephen King book, but arguably top three books of all time. It's just such a fantastic, creepy, horrifying read. I've always been a big fan of vampires, and Ryan, I think this is going to be a good one. I think you'll like it. 
Yeah, definitely offsets the happiness of Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's what I really need. I need something more like of a downer buying into life. You always need to balance the light with the dark, Ryan. Yeah. Or well, if everything's closing down, I need to go buy a chair for like my deck. Lauren and because I have currently I just two. have like fake plants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You a big reader, Nolan? Um Do you know how to well, read Nolan? I'm just <laughs> 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 starting. Look, okay. Ever since we went to remote learning, it's been slow, but I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I, I I enjoy reading. Um, I think I need to be just in the right place and mindset to read. But mm-hmm. I'm currently working my way through uh, Harry Potter. Uh, oh, cool. Excellent. Completely. Um, so I'm enjoying that. But uh, I'm also trying to get into like, I'm a huge like sci-fi guy. So I actually picked up um, the first book in a series uh, called... It's, I don't, the series isn't called this, but the book is called The Leviathan, and uh, these books spawned the TV show The Expanse, which is one of my favorites by all. Oh yeah, all time. Um, and so I want to. I'm trying to read through those books as well. Uh, and if you ever need a cool show to watch or binge, The Expanse is where it's at as well. Is that on Amazon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was I, I on Sci-Fi, then they dropped it, and then Amazon picked it up. Good stuff. Yeah, I um, so Lauren and I have all of the Harry Potter books, with the exception of the Sorcerer's Stone and Goblet of Fire. So I actually went on eBay and got hardcover copies of those. I'm waiting on Sorcerer's Stone to come in the mail, because uh, I really would just love to power through those books. Because I've never read all of them. Um, when it really? was, yeah, no, I haven't. And so when, um, the the Deathly Hallows was obviously on the horizon of coming out back in like 2007 or whenever it was, I was just like, I need to be reading these books. Um, but I didn't want to start from beginning to end because I just didn't have enough time. So I picked up Order of the Phoenix and, um, uh, oh my gosh, what is the name of the sixth book? Half-Blood Prince, uh, sorry. The Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, so yeah. I, I picked up those two and I powered through Order of the Phoenix, powered through Half-Blood Prince, which is just freaking amazing. One of the best it, I don't know if it's my favorite Harry Potter, but it's right up there. And then I remember when the Deathly Hallows came out, um, obviously I wasn't old enough yet to drive, but I came home one day and my mom had actually purchased it for me, the book. She, I don't know if she went to like the midnight selling of it, but she actually picked up a Borders poster um, for the book and the book itself. I still have the poster hanging up in my dad's house, actually in my bedroom. But um, that was just such a memorable moment for me, especially because we spent so much of my childhood um, going to Borders and she would go off in one corner of the store, I'd go off and read manga in the other. But uh, but yeah, I would love to power through the Harry Potter books again just because they are such quick and terrific reads. They're just so, so good. So you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, but have you seen Harry Potter? Like oh. you're reading through the books, but you know what happens and like, is that Who's true? Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah, there's an yeah, eye that Sauron, I think, that's in one of the books. He hasn't got to that point in the book ring. yet. Um, oh, spoilers! <laughs> right? No, I, I've I've seen all those movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good. Okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you you didn't still, fail both. Of no. the still waiting for Emma Watson to write me back. I told her I'd uh, marry her whenever she's ready, but she's <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, she's taking her time. Yeah. Don't want to rush a good thing. Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. All right, gentlemen. Well, to cap off the episode, again, I was burning the midnight oil last night, 
kind of putting together something for the two of you to kind of face off, similar to what we did with Logan many episodes ago. And what I came to, which we did the same thing with Logan, but I just think it's the simplest, uh, most entertaining thing we could possibly be doing, that's trivia. So this is specifically video game trivia. I have a few uh, ground rules I'll go over. And when I put this together, I was pulling this trivia from an assortment of, of sites. I think it's it's pretty well balanced in terms of, of systems, um, eras in terms of video games, and just things there's absolutely no way in hell any of you will know the answer to. Um, so that'll make it for some fun guessing awesome. games. So I think I have 20 total questions and then a final Jeopardy question. So some, some rules to go over. Uh, two points if you know the answer without the multiple choice. So each of these are multiple choice questions with the exception of the final Jeopardy question. You get one point if you get it right with multiple choice. And if you guess with or without the multiple choice and get it incorrectly, you're disqualified from answering that question again. So if Ryan says, hey, I think I know the answer before the multiple choice, guesses it wrong after I read the multiple choice, he then does not get a guess, for example. It is possible okay. for you both to get the correct answer and get points. So if I read the question and you both uh, select the right multiple choice answer, you both get one point for that. And the final question, uh, you can wager as many points that you have as you want, and you will type your answer in the Discord to me. Make sure that you send me a separate message and don't put it in the group chat that we're currently in, because obviously I don't want one person seeing another person's answer that will um, cause them to give it, you know, I don't want it to have any impact on what they select in terms of their answer. So I'm actually going to Okay, so this. then it also if one person guesses and gets it correct, like before we do multiple choice, is the other person disqualified from getting points? Yes. So after I read the question, um, you can either, you can, uh, you can buzz in, speaking of Lord of the Rings, how about you say Gandalf? And that'll be automatically allow you to, uh, no, let's, say, let's do Frodo. Frodo rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. So you'll say Frodo, that little scrub that, you know, is causing. Wait, so, uh, okay, so Nolan, uh, Frodo is the main protagonist <laughs> in, in Lord of the Rings. Um, he's gifted from his uncle with a ring, and that's where he starts his quest. Right. Okay, back to and you, then, Rusty. Just for then, establishing who Frodo is. And then he has to <laughs> run away from Dementors, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to kiss him. And it's his, <laughs> it's his first kiss, but that's not really who he's going for. He's going for Cindy at the dance. <laughs> okay, so do the rules make sense, gentlemen? I believe so. Yeah, so we say Frodo so. to buzz in. That's so only... like if I buzz in Frodo, just to for clarity. So if I buzz in and say Frodo or I buzz in using Frodo, and then I guess it correctly. Does Nolan have, get any points if he guesses it correctly, or is it just, I win that question? You win that question, but again, that's under the assumption that... Um, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> sort of. That's under the assumption that I'm not reading the multiple choice question. So you have to wait until I finish the question, and then you can okay. buzz in saying, Frodo, if you think you know it without the multiple choice, in which case you'll get two points. However, I can't be reading, okay, B is this, C is that, and then Ryan, you say Frodo and guess C. You have to wait until I read all multiple choice questions at that point, and if we're going the multiple choice route, everyone gets a fair shot. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, right. so there's sense. there's no buzzing in if I start reading multiple choice. Makes sense. This isn't. Yep. Okay. This isn't like strip trivia, right? Like clothes stay on. There's no cameras. So you know what? We can. We can. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm already naked. Like I don't know what you're talking about. You can't see me. I took my pants off I when we pressed record. <laughs> yeah. So I, and my my pants have been off the whole episode. But I don't know about you guys. But anyways, <laughs> shall we get started? Let's do yeah. it. All right, question number one. Who created the digital distribution platform, Steam? Shall I go to the multiple choice? I see. I hear no Frodo's. I hear no Frodo's. All no right. Frodo. I don't know name. Okay, we'll go to the multiple choice. Again, the question is, who created the digital distribution platform, Steam? Is it A, Gearbox Studios, B, Amazon, C, Nintendo, or D, Valve? Frodo. Nolan. <laughs> so, this is multiple choice. <laughs> it is multiple choice. So there, is no, there is no Frodo. Oh. It's just everyone gets a fair oh. shot at this point. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Valve. That's, All right. I was going with Valve. Okay. So, you each get a point. Should we... Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Here's the rules. All right. Should, Frodo. Should we... Should we <laughs> Should we change the rules though? After I after I say all the multiple choice, do we want to do? Fro- See, I'm. No, but I'll- then you're, it defeats the purpose. You're you're you already gave one of the answers away, or you gave the answer out there. Okay, right. so like- I, I I think you're right in terms that we should both get a chance to get a. If I say the multiple choice, okay, we'll continue right. on that route. We right. can always make adjustments as we go on. All right, so okay. Nolan Sorry, and kinda, Ryan, I kind of freaked out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're all good. All right. You're so you have qu- your finger on the trigger. You're just ready to go. All right. Question number two. Who created the world-famous video game Minecraft? Frodo. Ryan. Notch. Who? Is that his name? Notch. <laughs> That's yeah. not who I have in my records here. I, I'm just um, like I'm just like thinking he says he says Frodo, and I'm like <laughs> No, this is Patrick. um oh i didn't know that was his uh i guess tinder profile name okay so i was going off of his actual birth (laughs) name which is uh actual name is marcus person but i guess it's marcus notch person so ryan gets a point there two points actually um yeah so marcus person is his birth name notch i guess is his um pen name i don't know but that's your name in minecraft all right. Well, I will give it to you then on a technicality oh. there. Um, good stuff there. All right. <laughs> I, uh, I, I can't time travel, time. but I can get technicalities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nolan, do better. Question number three. Uh, I'm kidding, Nolan. Uh, what? Okay, so you guys ready for <laughs> question seriously three? do better. <laughs> <laughs> question number three. What time traveling device appears in Assassin's Creed? What is the name of the time traveling device that oh, appears in Assassin's Frodo, Creed? Frodo, Frodo, Nolan. Uh, uh, the Atlas. Oh, you're so close. You're so close, but that is not the correct well, answer. I'm sorry. So is my shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, I think when I read the multiple choice uh, answers, Ryan, you're probably going to end up getting it. But yeah. let me let me know if you want the uh, the multiple choice. I, I can't, yeah, give me the multiple choice. Is it A, time sphere, B, cosmic treadmill, 
C, <laughs> C, Animus, or D, Epoch? The Animus. Yes, that is the correct answer. Damn I was it. thinking like, uh, what was it? Apple of Eden? And I was like, that's not the time thing. That's not what click in. That's like, yes. the, I don't want to spoil that game because that has deep lore that I everyone will, cares about. I will tell you, Nolan, that there's so, plenty of time to come back and there's questions that I absolutely know Ryan will definitely not know the right answer. So, <laughs> Ye of little faith. Yeah. <laughs> I know all. So it, it was Atlas, like, is that the company? Is that the company in I Assassin's Creed? I think it Creed? is. Okay. Yeah, right. it could be. All right. Shall we continue on? Mm-hmm. I think we nah, will. I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Tapping out. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Um, it was a good time. Question number four. What's the best-selling video game console of all time? Wait, say that again. What's yeah. the best-selling video game console of all time? Frodo. Nolan. <laughs> uh, what is the PlayStation 2? You are correct. Come on down and get Yay. your fancy new car. Uh, Does that mean yes. I can put my shirt back on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope, got to keep it up. Uh, so <laughs> the multiple choice that I had was the Nintendo Entertainment System, which was 61.01 million. The Xbox 360, which sold for or sold 84 million units. The Nintendo DS coming in at a very close second at 154.02 million, and then the PlayStation 2, the winner at 155 million. So, gosh, yeah, I was thinking it was console. the DS. Yeah. So, so uh, yes, an amazing console, deservedly so, at the number one spot. The score is Ryan four, Nolan three, making a comeback. Question number five. Why did Princess Peach invite Mario to the castle and Super Mario 64? Frodo, to get laid. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry, Ryan. You're so- <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I was going to think because, like, I was thinking because of Mario's big rod, but... Um- <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's Italian. Like, he had a sexy profile picture on Tinder. Like, he right. slid into her DMs and she was ready to go. Yeah. What, what well, people don't know about Mario is that he can actually uh, transfigure that belly into just pure mass. <laughs> <laughs> just girth for days. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I'm never going to look at, like, I'm going to start up sunshine of, like, dude, nice. <laughs> <laughs> look at that package just hanging there, hanging off yeah, there. Right. Um, so, any further guesses? Even the piranha plant. Okay. Yeah. You going for multiple choice, Nolan? Uh, yeah. Okay, this is probably safe. <laughs> a, she was worried Bowser would attack. B, she baked him a cake. C, to go on a date. Or D, to pose for a painting, just like one of her uh, his French girls. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to go with B, baked a cake. You are correct. That is the correct answer. <laughs> Nolan, sliding past Ryan with five points to, to Ryan's four. Question number six. What was the first... Wait, wait a second, wait a second. I think, I think we're tied because I would get one point. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Choice. I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad that Nolan's paying attention to things. I was trying to help you out there, Nolan, but... Um... <laughs> I had a quick second of not saying anything. 
I appreciate you. See, yeah, I'm not the cheater. You're the cheater. My <laughs> <laughs> Rusty's the cheater. <laughs> I am. Um, uh, my apologies. I will try to do better next time as the host of this. Question number six: What was the first PlayStation game to require the use of Dual Shock of the Dual Shock controller? Any guesses? Oh. <laughs> I have no okay. idea. Yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> let's multiple, go multiple choice, choice on that one. <laughs> okay, multiple choice coming at you. Is it A. Ape Escape, B. Spyro the Dragon, C. Crash Bandicoot, or D. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two? Frodo. Oh shit! I did it again. <laughs> D. <laughs> D. Tony Hawk. Okay. Nolan is going with D. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. Ryan, what is your answer? What was B and C? Spyro, Spyro and Crash. What was the first one? <laughs> Let me just reread the question for you, Ryan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, what's the question? Who are you? Uh, <laughs> did I do the wrong chat? <laughs> A was Ape Escape. B was Spyro. C was Crash Bandicoot. Or D, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. I'll go Ape Escape. You are correct. It was Ape Escape as the first Aww. PlayStation game requiring DualShock use. Yeah, because Pro Skater sounds really late in the... Uh, Pro Skater 2 sounds late. It was on the PlayStation, by the way, but... Um, was it? Yeah, the first three Tony Hawks yeah. were. Oh, well... So. I think they, they ported to N64 as well, because they had that awesome blue cart. Oh, yeah, they did. Yes, sir, they did. Um, this actually, you're going to require the multiple choice. I'm sorry. We're kind of just... Uh, running things on the fly here, but the way this question's worded, you will need to do the multiple choice. So, which of these, question number seven, by the way, which of these Mario Kart games was made specifically for the Game Boy Advance? I guess okay. if you know the Game Boy Advance name uh, from Mario Kart, you can go ahead and Frodo in, but otherwise I'll read the multiple choice. All right, the multiple choice it is. <laughs> is it A, Mario Kart GP DX, B, Mario Kart Tour, C, Mario Kart Super Circuit, or D, Super Mario Kart. Again, which of these Mario Kart games was made specifically for the Game Boy Advance? Um, I can read this read again. again. Yeah. yeah. Can you read them again? A, Mario Kart GP DX, B, Mario Kart Tour, C, Mario Kart Super Circuit, or D, Super Mario Kart. <laughs> I'm going to go C, Super Circuit. All right. Nolan selects C. Ryan, what is your final answer? I'll go with the crazy name for A, that DGP R <laughs> squared. Mario Kart GPDX. Uh, I'm sorry. That was actually specifically to the arcades. So if you got any Dave and Busters around, uh, check what it out. What does that even stand for? Uh, Grand Prix uh, Dynamite Xylophone or something like that. Okay. <laughs> that was my second. Deluxe. Uh, yeah, that's probably what it is, Deluxe. Uh, C is actually the correct answer. Mario Kart Super Circuit. What a terrific little portable Mario Kart that game was. Nolan gets Hell it. Hell yeah. Bringing in one point to nice. tie it up. Five all. Nice. Now I get to choose what Ryan takes off. Oh boy, yeah. here we go. Well, I started in just skin, so like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I only have a few layers of that left. Peel off your toenails, Ryan. Peel them off. <laughs> <laughs> I want no eyelids by the end. Uh, question number eight. 
The internet meme, all your base are belong to us, is based on the poorly translated English version of which video game? <laughs> oh no. I've never heard of this one. What was it again? The yeah. internet the internet meme, quote, all your base are belong to us, is based on the poorly translated English version of which video game? All your base belong to us. All your base are belong to us. <laughs> Basically I'm all of your bases belong to us. On that one. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll do that. Like I was I was about to be like guitar hero. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Is it A, Earthbound, B, Zero Wing, C, Panzer Dragoon Saga, or D, Super Mario RPG? Okay, none of those line up to whatever I was possibly... <laughs> uh, Ryan, did you say you're going to go D, Super Mario RPG? No, I'm going Earthbound. Oh, you said Earthbound. Okay, so you selected A. Yeah, A. Um, what was the Panzer Dragon? Panzer Dragoon Saga. Dragoon, yeah. I'll, I'll go with that one. All right. Sounds the like a lot of room for error <laughs> in that one. The correct answer was actually Zero Wing, a Genesis TurboGrafx-16 side-scroller shooter where the translation literally had a quote saying, all your base are belong to us. So. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Whew. Nobody gets points there, but a fun little educational lesson on poorly translated games, I suppose. That's amazing. I, I'm just picturing Rusty like at 1 a.m. typing in all these names of games in Google Translate just to see what pops up. Well, the funny thing is a lot of these um, didn't have – the site I found the majority of these questions on only had the correct answer. They didn't have multiple choice. So a lot of these I just came up with um, on my own. So maybe I can get some oh, like wow. kudos or something. Maybe like a little applause or something <laughs> like that at the end of all this. Hey, that's uh, I'm with you. Uh, question number nine. And the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, what is the name of the Jester and the Dark Brotherhood? Frodo. Nolan. Cicero. What the Nine. literal yep. F? Are you serious? You knew that? Yeah. Dude, he's so iconic. <laughs> wow. And you get an ebony dagger from him. Yeah. Wow. And it's the best because you like just chase him and then you kill him in a torture chamber. Wow, yeah, and I'm, all of his stuff allows you to sell for higher money. Right. So I'm super you impressed. kill him and then you strip him of all his clothes. <laughs> yeah, and then you <laughs> put them on and then sell shit to merchants in his yeah. dead clothes. Right. And then you take your, your stash of cabbages in your, in your uh, home in Whiterun and then you sell them for three times the price. Well, I'm duping, so. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was so... Cicero. I was really thinking that I was going to stump you because I had actually six select potential selections for this one, like A through F. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to throw these names out there. They're not going to have a clue who the answer is. But um, Have you played through the Dark Brotherhood on Yeah, Skyrim? at least two or three times. I just, you know, I don't remember things in games. So, I mean, who's, okay. the, who's, who, who's the main protagonist of Uncharted? You're just like trapped in like the Night Mother's coffin and you just hear Cicero. <laughs> and you're like, okay, he's crazy. Oh. That's great. Yeah, I had no idea. Well, kudos to you, Nolan, for knowing that. You got two points. That brings you to seven, and Ryan's at five. Question number 10. Pac-Man was invented by the designer Turo Iwantani while he was eating what food? Any guesses? Multiple choice. No. 
<laughs> Nolan. What was the question again? Pac-Man was invented by the designer Turo or Turu Iwantani while he was eating what food? Ooh. Yeah, I'm with Ryan. Multiple choice on this bad boy. All right. Is it A, a block of cheddar cheese with crackers? B, assorted fruit? C, pizza? Or D, spaghetti? See, I feel like it's something just way out of left field that you just so pack. I'm going to go with the white bread answer of cheese. Cheese? Uh, okay, so cheese and crackers is what I, Ryan's going with. I'm going to say a bowl of fruit. I was going to say that cheese and crackers isn't very Japanese, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. as American as it gets. All right, are those, your, are those your final answers? European. Yeah. All yeah. right. The correct answer is actually pizza. C. Oh, dang it. Really? Yeah, sorted fruit was actually something I came up with my own, or on my own, because I figured I'll stump them because you collect fruit in Pac-Man. It's got to be the right answer, right? But, That's um, a good one. I like it. All right. Well, score stays the same. Nolan 7, Ryan 5. Moving on to question number 11. How many copies of the Notorious E.T. game for the Atari 2600 did Atari end up selling? E.C. game? E.T. Phone home? E.T. Extraterrestrial? Oh, okay. Steven Spielberg? I got you. The 80s? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis? <laughs> Jason Statham? <laughs> Any Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> okay. Calm down, Ryan. Any any no. guesses or uh Dude, I'm still looking at calm your tits. It's just on my screen, just <laughs> It's a gift, by the way, for uh, the listeners that have no idea what Ryan's talking about. But <laughs> to the question, any guesses or would you guys like multiple choice? Multiple choice. Yeah, multiple choice. Again, this is about how many copies of the notorious ET game for the Atari twenty six hundred did Atari end up selling? Is it A, eight hundred and fifty thousand, B, one hundred and twenty five thousand? C, 6 million, or D, 1.5 million? I say 1.5. All right, Nolan's going with D. Ryan? I'm not sure. I want to say probably 150. Okay, well, that wasn't a selection, but you can pretend. What was B? What was B? <laughs> D was 125,000. <laughs> wait, 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 what? It was 125,000. Well, because there's 800. Whatever B is, I'll go with that. <laughs> All right. B is in boy. Ryan selected 125K. It's actually 1.5 million was the total number of copies. So Nolan racks up another point at eight to Ryan's five. Still plenty nice. of questions nice. to go through. But Question, wasn't there something with like ET where the game just sucked so much ass? They had to bury it. Literally, it. just like yeah, they just started burying it in dumps. Yeah, <laughs> that's I don't what know I was really... thinking. I was like, it has to be lower than one point five. Yeah, they um they recently unearthed it. I don't know if it was out in New Mexico or something. It was it was definitely d deserted terrain where they ended up dumping it, um, and then they unearthed it like maybe a year or two ago or something like that. Oh, okay. So, um. All right, moving along. Question number 12. <laughs> Could you imagine having like... Or not. All the cramming of like development and and like just having your the result of all your hours just be buried in a desert. <laughs> that is pretty depressing. Rip. Yeah. All right. 
Question number 12, what was the first video video game console to ever release? I hope I have this right. I probably have it wrong. What did you say? What was the first video game console to ever release? Oh. It's like including like handhelds and like just regular consoles as well. Yes. I'm going to double check this though. Um... Okay, then. Um, looks like my... Well, I guess we're getting into technicalities here. I'll I'll say this. It's not Pong. All right, okay. So, it's so, not technically the PS4, but it could be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's not Pong. I'll give I'm going to go with hint. multiple choice. Yeah, okay. I'll go multiple choice as well. All right. Is it A, Magnavox Odyssey, B, Atari 2600, C, Intellivision, or D, Sega SG-1000? Oh, man. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to say the Atari 2600. All right. I'll go with C to be different. The Intellivision is what Ryan goes with. So the Atari 2600 released in September of 1977. The Intellivision released December of 1979. It was actually the Magnavox Odyssey that released September of 1972. So that is Dang. that is the console of choice here. So I have not heard of any of those. <laughs> You've heard of the 2600. I've heard before. the name Sega before and Atari, but okay. Well, we move along then. Nothing the score else. is still uh, eight to five. No one in the lead. Question number thirteen: Which of these characters is not a Castlevania protagonist? So I guess I do have to read the multiple choice. Unless you want to make some wild guess as to what the answer actually is. But I don't think you should. No. <laughs> uh, okay. Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. Is it A, Simon Belmont? B, Richter Belmont? C, Trevor Belmont? Or D, Thomas Belmont? What was A again? Simon. I think you just said A and then you didn't say no. A, Simon Belmont. Oh, okay, okay. So we have Simon, Richter, Trevor, and Thomas. Which one is not a lead character? That's correct. In a Castlevania game. I'll go with D. Thomas. I'll go with Trevor. Thomas was the correct answer. <gasps> the only no. reason I know the first two are not is because they're in freaking uh, Smash. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, well, we move along. Ryan's got some ground to, to to catch here with Nolan in the lead, but we've still got plenty of questions left. And again, I think the uh, the craziest questions have yet to come. So um, more to come there. Question number. And I'll four- be guessing those all for two points. <laughs> <laughs> Question number fourteen. In the original Sims, which released in the year two thousand, what was the maximum number of members you could have in one household? Oh, dang. I never played Sims, so I expect you to guess this one. Again, there's multiple oh. choice to save us all. Right. Dang it. I feel like I'm I'm a disgrace if I don't know this. To be fair, I didn't know this, so... Okay, all right. As I look over and I see the uh, original jewel cases for the Sims oh. on my computer. Lovely. Shall I go to the multiple <laughs> choice? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to get multiple choice. choice. 
Okay. Is it A, 10, B, 8, C, 6, or D, 4? I'm going to say D, 4. All right. No one says 4. Ryan? I'll go 6. <laughs> it was actually 8. Oh, dang it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Eight 10 the... seemed way too high, but yeah. yeah. 4 seems low. I wow. honestly, when I thought Even about it, like I was thinking eight four. seems high for, for that old of a game. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree, but that's uh, that's what the internet told me, so it has to be true. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> little did he know it wasn't even numbers. It was really seven. Right. <laughs> yeah. Seven and a half. Just a prime number. Yep. <laughs> uh, question number 15. Retsu and Geki are computer-controlled opponents in which video game series? Multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> Take us there. Yeah, I would say Frodo multiple choice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is it A, Tekken, B, Dead or Alive, C, Street Fighter, or D, Mortal Kombat? Can you read again, the names again? Retsu and Geki. Is that one name or two? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's is that three. a first and a last name? or like? like <laughs> that's That's two people, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, it's like Retsy, and then the middle name is like A N. <laughs> uh, I'll go with A Tekken. All right, Ryan. I was leaning towards A as well. Is that your final answer? Yes. All righty. It's actually C Street Fighter. Retsu Ooh, we and are Geki. Sucking some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a uh, crazy name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we move on. Hopefully some of these questions here, uh, you, you guys will be able to get, I think some of them perhaps, but others, not a chance. Right. Uh, I hope, I hope everyone in the discord listening right now is like screaming at their phone. I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. And techie, uh, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is my favorite. He was my main in street fighter two. Come on now guys. Uh, yeah, I've I've mained him since like the 1970s. Before. <laughs> yeah, I named my Skyrim character after him, you know? Yeah. My dog's name in Techie. So. My second born child. Techie Scoob. <laughs> Unborn child. Uh, okay. This question number 16. Which of the following games in the Legend of Zelda franchise was released um, was released in North America before Japan? Again, which of the following games, and it's a singular, there's only one, in the Legend of Zelda franchise was released in North America before before Japan. So you have like a 1 in 16 chance here, however many Zelda games there are, if you want to guess. I like the odds. <laughs> Don't tell me the odds. Uh. <coughs> All right. Is that, is that your final answer? <laughs> yeah. It's obviously right because I, I said every possible answer. <laughs> multiple, multiple choice, I think. Ryan, yeah. you get multiple choice? I'm definitely going multiple choice. All right. Is it A, Breath of the Wild, B, Twilight Princess, C, Ocarina of Time, or D, Wind Waker? Again, it hit North American shelves before Japan. Uh, I say Twilight Princess. All right, oh, Ryan. Wind Waker. <laughs> Ryan, you should follow in Nolan's footsteps more often. It is actually B, <laughs> Twilight Princess. He gets it with oh, another man. point. 
So Nolan is at 10, Ryan's at 5. So Ryan, you've got to come in here with a few of these over Ooh. these next few questions. We are uh, All right, qu- I'm only uh, doing Frodo's from here on out. <laughs> uh, well, good luck <laughs> with this next one. Question number 17. In the Halo series, what is the name of the race of aliens human refer- humans refer to as grunts? <laughs> I'm going to rescind that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, you know, I was thinking like Covenant or something like that is where we're going. Yeah. Uh, okay, so multiple choice, Nolan and Ryan? I thought yeah. grunts were their species. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're the I grunt went, species. <laughs> I went right. deep into Halo lore here. Shit, more like <laughs> is it A? Is it A? Ungoy. B? Sangheli. C? Kig Yar. Or D? <laughs> or D? Lek Golo, also known as Mick Gala Gogo. <laughs> Rusty, uh, what the fuck, man? Oh, I was typing these up and just crying last night at like eleven o'clock. <laughs> Again, is it A Ungoy two G's if it helps? Uh, B Sang Heli, C Kig Yar, or D Lek Golo, also known as Mick Golo. I'll do I'll do Kig Gar because it's kind of like Kig Yar in the nuts. I'll go with that one. <laughs> I'm going to go with whatever B was. Sangheili? Sure. Okay. Because so... the last one sounds like the prophet of like what the prophets would be called. Okay. Uh, it's actually A, Ungoy. I'm disappointed in Uh-oh. both. What were the other ones? Like what, what was B? <laughs> 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 My guess. <laughs> B was B was saying heli. Yeah, what was what is it actually is that like a made up word or is that No, these are all actually I went to like a, a wiki for Halo and it like had all of the races, which is where I got I literally picked the most obscene names that it would throw oh you guys gosh. off. So what okay, so go through A through B or D and what are they and like what's the race? I don't know. I can I can Google this, but I kind of prefer you guys to do that on your own watch. Um, but yeah, I am, I'm sure I'm gonna get the spelling right for Engeli, wow. formerly known as like Kevin. <laughs> well, one of them has two G's, so you know that. Uh, so cool. Sangheli Ryan, it's a the silent H. <laughs> the Sangheli Ryan are what? known as elites to humans. Okay. Okay. And Kig Yar. Yeah is actually the name of my childhood best friend. Um, so, big miss on Nolan's part there. No, Kig Yar... I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, Kig Yar is um, translated to Hateful Bandit, uh, Human Designation Covenant, Secondarium, Caranova. What the... This is like some Latin shit. I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, we're just going to go with their their Covenant. All right? We're going to go with that. Okay. Okay. Um, and then this Michelopolo Jeropolo is, um, uh, Halopedia, let's see, is a gestalt of, like, Golo, which are small warlike creatures that group together to exponentially increase their intelligence, strength, and maneuverability. So, I really have no idea how you guys didn't get that. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we would have had a better chance guessing what color boxer. <laughs> what color boxer shorts uh, Master Chief was wearing? Is that what you said, Nolan? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I agree. So what boxer color do you think he's wearing? I think probably, just going off of the fanfic, probably has Cortana faces on it with oh, like a one. neon green. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, I think he just kind of commandos it because... Ooh, God, can you imagine? Oh, like jumping on a race? <laughs> oh. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, he's pretty well protected, but like... God, I, I bet that suit of armor chafes hard. <laughs> yeah, well, they could have just molded it to his figure. Oh, they could good. Have done that's too. even better. <laughs> Let's sear this armor on you. <laughs> like Shall we move on, gentlemen? Butt. You don't Coming talk about blood. chafing and <laughs> swamp butt, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, you go, like, where the, they meet the flood, they're in a swamp, and then you got these flood creatures running around, like, spitting juices. Like, there has to be a bit of swamp butt in the suit armor that they just don't address, but it's, like, deep lore. They oh, yeah, right. Out. I can see it. I can it's see like, it. Like a one-off comment. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, uh, how's your suit treating you? <laughs> but, all right, off to kill the government. Let's go kill the uh, prophet. <laughs> like, just don't address it at all. <laughs> all right, I think we should move on to question number 18, if you guys are so Probably willing. the best. Okay. In Pokemon Red and Blue, what is the name of HM05? Uh, Frodo. Nolan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, oh, that's incorrect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to say cut. Frodo. I want hey. to say surf. Wow, okay. Wait, Frodo, Frodo. Yeah, Nolan never you already confirmed. Said cut. <laughs> no, he Nolan never confirmed his answer. He said he said he wanted to say cut, but what he really wanted to say was surf. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna go through all no, the HMs. Okay, it was yeah, actually right. first one is one is cut, and then what's the next one you get? Did they See, have like, Flash as one of the HMs in the first game? Which yeah. is the correct answer. What? That's the correct answer. What is? Flash. <laughs> HMO5 <laughs> is HMO5 is Flash. Oh. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, so. well that sucks. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh well, only number couple- 2 is what? 2 is fly or uh is 2 fly? Maybe. Go through the T or HMs. Cut, fly, God, what's number three? Um, cut is one, two is fly, three is surf, four is strength, five is flash, six is rock strength. smash. So, um, That's before rock smash was a TM. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, question number 19 this is a fun one, and then we only have two questions left before Final Jeopardy, Ryan, so you better step up your game. Question I'm betting number, on all my points. All right. Question number 18. What video game was recalled for containing a hidden, playable South Park episode? Oh, it was recalled? Yes, because it had a full-length, playable episode of South Park. Any Go guesses? multiple choice. Yeah. 
Okay. Multiple choice, Nolan? Let's do it. All right. Is it A, South Park Rally, B, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, C, Tiger Woods 99 PGA Tour, or D, (gasps) Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex? I can read the answers again if you'd like. I I think I'm going to go Tiger Woods because I feel like if it was a South I'm not going to I'm not going to go with my reasoning because then that'll help Ryan (laughs) (laughs) Ryan what is your guess I feel like A is too easy Mm -hmm. like it's the South Park and the South Park I'm going to go B Pro Skater I told you once I'll tell you again you should have followed in Nolan's footsteps Tiger Woods 99 PGA Tour had a full-length South Park episode Where? programmed into the game. I have no That's idea. so weird. But uh, they had to recall it because of that. So. Oh, my. That's amazing. I just remember, like, I think I played Tiger Woods PGA Tour, like, 2000, 2000. And I just remember Michael Jordan being an unlockable golfer that you can play as. That's amazing. Really? Yeah, because he used to, like, golf. Well, like he was part of the PGA Tour for a while. I mean, I don't think he was any good, but he was a part of it. And then the best thing is, is it's like you could play as Michael Jordan, but his animation style was so off from all the other ones <laughs> because he was like actually computer generated instead of like using the real footage of a real golfer. And so he just looked way out of place. That's amazing. He's like using telekinesis to like control the club. <laughs> Right. (laughs) It's like, all right. All righty. We are moving into the final question before Final Jeopardy. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The question is, Connect is a controller-free gaming and entertainment experience for the Xbox 360. It was first announced on June 1st, 2009 at the Electronic Entertainment Expo, E3. What was its codename? Again, this is the motion-sensing Kinect feature for Xbox 360. When it was first announced in June of 2009 at E3, what was its codename? Multiple choice for me. Yeah, I'm going multiple choice. All right, I have six potential options here. Is it A, the Dolphin, B, the Nitro, C, Morpheus, D, Project Natal, E, Xenon, or F, Durango? I'm going to say Morpheus. Okay. I'm going to go Dolphin. All right. Are those your final guesses? Yes. Yeah. All right. The correct answer answer is actually Project Natal. Uh, I know off the cuff that Dolphin was the code name for the GameCube, uh, Morpheus, I forget what the uh, code name that was for that console, but um, Project okay. Natal. But it, but it was a code name. Yes. So I actually found a list of code names for consoles that was like is basically all of the consoles and their code names. Um, I can look up it again to let you know. Uh, Morpheus was uh, where the heck is it? Ooh, sorry about that. Um, let's just do a little control F action here. Morpheus was actually PlayStation VR. Oh, okay. 
and Dolphin was the GameCube. So second best option. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, all right, gentlemen, we come into the final Jeopardy question. The score is Ryan 5, Nolan 10. You can get, you can bet as many of your points as you want to. I want you both to send me a separate message on Discord or text message me, whichever you prefer, with the number of points you want to wager before I read this question, because I want to make sure that it's not going to in any way influence the other contestants uh, wager or I, their their answer. Can I take a line of credit? Uh, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> on my points and pay you back with interest. That's that's not a possible uh, thing, but we can work something out if you want to. You know, throw some bells I, at I'm, me and uh, and Animal Crossing. We can. I'm pretty right. sure it's new Jeopardy rules, but let's. All right, I guess you're not hip. All of yeah. uh, all, all of our transactions goes through the Nook kiosk. I need you to please go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ryan just submitted his points that he wants to wager. I'll wait for Nolan. And, oh boy. And then we I'm will. sweating. <laughs> All right. So I just got Nolan's and I got Ryan's and there's my dad calling me as he does every episode. Thanks dad. We'll get back to you in a few minutes. <laughs> And, uh, all right, so the final question in Final Jeopardy here in Otaku Brothers Trivia is, how many games released for the, enti- the entire Nintendo DS library? This includes all DS, DS Lite, and DSi-specific games. It does not include games released on the DSiWare. This list is also across all regions, including Japan, North America, Europe, and Australia. So I'm looking for whoever's closest. This isn't an instance of whether, you know, if you go over, you don't get it, you're under. It's whoever is closest, all right? Looks like I just got a message from one of you guessing, potentially. I know it's someone else posting in Discord. Uh, <laughs> no one responded to his original wager, says he's actually changes his wager to zero after uh, he heard the question. So I'm sorry there's no rev- <laughs> there's no revoking of that, Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're looking for the total number of Nintendo DS games released in North America, Japan, Europe, and Australia. Whoever's closest potentially takes home the prize that doesn't exist. Holy. All right, Ryan submitted his answer. Just got one from Nolan. Holy shit, you guys said the same damn thing. <laughs> no way. I'm not kidding you. You guys said the same thing. So the number of Nintendo DS games released in all across all four regions is actually 1,966. And you both oh, guessed God. 2,000. No freaking way. That's okay, insane. You know what? I feel like we have to call it a draw because there is no freaking way that. Yeah. Um, so the wow. interesting thing here is, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how I can grade that because you both went all in and guessed all your points, but you both were equally well, I mean, close. He changed it to zero, so it's, we're technically tied, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I can go digging for more multiple choice, but if you guys are fine, I think we uh, we consider that a draw until the next showdown oh, uh, when we have God. no one on again. Yeah. Let's go draw. Yeah. Good game, <laughs> sir. All yeah, right. You too. Well played That's by the both of you. That's crazy that we guessed two thousand. I know. 
Yeah, that's wild. I did not anticipate that at all. I actually didn't anticipate was, you guys was, to be like, close. See, I was that we were really close, like forty off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like fifteen hundred, but I felt that that was kind of low. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I was thinking in terms of you know some of the biggest game libraries ever out there, like PS One, PS Two. And I'm like, okay, well, it has to rank up there with those because those just have a huge library. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, well very well played, <laughs> gentlemen. I'm impressed. Um, yeah, I think that was a fun round of trivia. Looks like uh, pretty well balanced, I think. You know, I mean, Nolan kind of took it away in point value, but wow, that Final Jeopardy question was a pretty wild ride <laughs> for sure. But uh, but yeah, that I think is a wrap for an episode. Nolan, I want to thank you just so, so much for joining us on a Talking Brothers today. We talked effortlessly, it seems, for two hours and 40 minutes nearly. Man, thanks for joining My us. My God. <clears throat> Thank you so much, guys. It honestly means a lot. I appreciate everybody in the community. It's a lot of fun to, to see what everyone's into and talk back and forth. I know I'm one of the few Xbox guys in our Discord, so I always like to, to hold up the torch for the Xbox. And honestly, I'm just <laughs> excited for Next Gen Games and uh, following you guys with everybody in the Discord and just talking nerdy shit. It's a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, and actually, us. you're one of the majority uh, in our Discord because I think Frantic Josh and uh, Logan are also very big Xbox fans, or at least they're predominantly Xbox players this generation. So um, you're in good company for sure. But um, just again, want to thank everyone for continuing to support and listen to the show, especially during these uh, wild times of being mostly remote for many folks uh, and everyone else that is out in the field. We wish you the very best. We hope all of you are staying safe, social distancing when possible, staying home, playing lots of good games and watching lots of great movies. Ryan and I will be back next week to actually record an episode that was heavily influenced by Nolan's recent episode of Young Nostalgia. We're going to be talking specifically about conspiracy theories. There's no restrictions to what we'll be talking about, so it should be not only an educational episode, as we are on Talk About This, we are an educational program, we will be talking about all kinds of crazy conspiracy theories, it should be some really fun times, but before you consider listening to that episode, why don't you tune in to the terrific podcast that is Young Nostalgia, they recently, two episodes ago, did a conspiracy theory episode, and they have a whole library and host of wonderful shows for you to listen to and catch up on. So you can find Young Nostalgia on pretty much every podcasting platform you can think of. Just search on the interwebs, download a couple shows, and have a raging good time. I want to thank, again, people for listening. If you want to write into the show to Talking Brothers, you can write in at utalkingbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. I want to talk as fast as I possibly can because we are going so long. You can also join the Discord, get in on the fun discussion there. Link is in the show notes. Lots of fun discussions going on and being had there and just an outstanding community of fine stand-up people. So get in on all of that fun, and until our Conspiracy Theory episode, stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, stay healthy, guys. All right, until next time, everyone, see you later. Later.